warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 240. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture push over. Pop culture. Leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm a leftover. No Jake this week. Happy Independence Day. Jake is celebrating his by having his independence from me. Taking the week off. But I am not alone. I am joined by June. Welcome, June. Hi, thank you for having me again, and happy 4th to you as well. Happy 4th. Uh, might hear some fireworks booming later in the episode. Who the fuck knows? Get over it. Nothing I can do about it. But we are also not, not alone. We're joined by Paul Hart from Movies from the Heart and the Animated Batcast. Welcome, Paul. Good evening. Thank you, and happy anniversary of when Will Smith saved us from the aliens. Oh, God, yeah. That was a big day for America. That's sure the, was. Uh, Bill Pullman is the president, man. One of the uh, best that movie speech. speeches. That is a great speech he does. I watched that clip every 4th of July. Did he play the president twice? In a, in, what else did he play it in? Was he Dave? Remember the movie Dave where it was like they got the guy that looked like the president to pretend to be the president when the president was like that, out of commission? Wasn't that uh, Kevin Klein? That was Kevin yeah, Klein. Kevin Klein. The in and out guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I, well, I love that movie. Yeah. I get both Bill Pullman and Kevin Klein confused. It's it's easy to see why. They got kind of the same flowy hair, same yeah. demeanor. Very, totally. Very similar. Very similar. I get I get Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman confused a lot. Bill Paxton. I think oh, it's yeah. just not necessarily they look alike, but yeah. just the names. What is that? Who's the who's the Twister? Bill Paxton? Um, Twister. Aliens. Oh, he's in Terminator as well. He's one of the punks in Terminator. Oh, he is. And then he was Chet. That's right, I forgot about that. He was Chet in Weird Science. <laughs> is this a fucking Bill Pullman, Bill Pax, and Kevin Klein retrospective episode? Yes. All we need is Josh Gad. Yeah, we need to reunite it apart. Well, Paxson died. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. What are we going to do? Have a fucking seance to get him on the episode, Paul? Hey, you never know. <laughs> Josh, Josh Gad with a Ouija board. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be fucking crazy. Oh, so untasteful, but amazing. Oh, and, and and he starts spelling out "game over, man" on the Ouija board because <laughs> he's dead. Um, yeah, welcome to episode three forty, everybody. This is going to be weird. I my I, my allergies are fucking with me today. I've had a, it's a, been a fucked update. My allergies are fucking with me. I didn't take my allergy pill till later, so this shit hasn't kicked in yet. And then I mowed the lawn, and there's these angry birds. Not the game, but there's these birds. When I'm mowing out in my backyard, <laughs> they start swooping down at me. Dude, that's... Yeah, it's like they're very protective. Like I'm getting too close to a nest or something. Like maybe they had like little babies, like little baby birds or something. And I'm getting too close to their nest. And they're like fucking like kamikaze dive bombing and shit. And it's just like, what the fuck? It's fucking terrifying because it's just, it's fucking these birds getting really close to me while I'm mowing. And it just scares the shit out of me. And so I'm, I'm they're probably terrified of you with the lawnmower because what if their little baby falls out of the nest and here comes Brian with the lawnmower? I would never. I would never. I, I actually. No, if it was like too fast, like if yeah. it was like the baby just fell and you were like, oh, shit. Oh, you can't fuck. Stop. And, and the then. baby just like baby bird all over the place. Just... Oh, man. Yeah. Oh. Oh, man. When I used to mow yards. I would work at this um, at this convent, and they had, like, a nunnery, and it was this huge lot, and there was a little pond, and there was these birds. It was so weird. They had, like, these orange tips on their wings, all black, but these orange tips, and they would they would dive bomb at you. It was some of the scariest shit. Yeah. Like, they were coming at you. I felt like I was in a fucking Alfred Hitchcock movie. Dude, like, where's the phone booth to get into? Absolutely. Yeah. It was fucking terrifying. It was fucking, one time I was mowing the lawn and I ran over something and I looked back and there was this, there was fur. Oh, bunny. And then I went back and it was, it was baby bunnies, but check it out, dude. I didn't have the mower down low enough and I just cut the hair off their backs and they were all fine. Little baby bunnies. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. They all yeah. lived. I, I didn't hurt a single one of them. Gave, just gave them a haircut. Yeah. They needed it. It was hot out. Totally. Yeah. You did them a favor. Not a single baby bunny was harmed. If it was a movie, I could have put that at the end credits. Not one baby <laughs> bunny was harmed in the making of this lawn. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> very happy with you. this is so bad. <laughs> I hope everybody's enjoying this one. Guys, have you ever wondered what, have you ever wondered what space smells like? No. no, me either. I never, not once in my entire life. <laughs> but it, it, oh, <laughs> this is a true thing. This is real. There is a Kickstarter right now, and it's what does outer space smell like? NASA designed fragrance. They're selling a NASA designed fragrance to let people know what sm- space smells like, <laughs> and it's called O de Space, and. It, it, what is it? You will not believe this. Okay, they had a goal of one thousand nine hundred and sixty nine dollars, and they have they have already hit two hundred and ninety four thousand five hundred and fifty four dollars as of this recording. 
God. Like, what happens? Do you get, like, a candle? No. Or, like, it, a, like a scratch and sniff card? It's cologne. You get a cologne. cologne. <laughs> yeah. You get a cologne. And they've got these uh, NASA-contracted specialists to, to uh, develop the smell of space to help train astronauts before launch into orbit. So to get them used to, like, what space smells like. And now, now they're making... The scent How of do you space. Even know what space smells like, though. There's no atmosphere when you go outside of the spaceship. Like, I think it's, it's just basically the inside of the spaceship. Once you like go from outside to in, and like maybe if they're bringing like space rocks in and shit from the moon, they smell like whatever the fuck they're making here. I don't know how it works, June. I'm a fucking moron. This <laughs> is ridiculous. It's going to be the main plot for season two of For All Mankind. <laughs> have you ever gone? Well, have you like you're going into space? It's like it's not your house, it's not your yard, it's not whatever, it's not where you live. And then you go out there for a while, but when you come back, you kind of smell like it. You ever gone into somebody's house and it smells like fucking beef stew or something? Yeah, but there's yes. no. They haven't made beef stew. It just smells like beef stew. Like like the. <laughs> I don't know, like they spilled some beef stew behind the refrigerator or behind, like, I don't know, in the walls or something. And the whole house just smells like beef stew. And you spend enough time there, you're going to leave smelling like their beef stew house. And that's space. You spend enough time out there, you're going to, I don't know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> like, was there like an astronaut one time, like I'm physically ready, but fuck, I don't know what it smells like. I'm too terrified to go up. <laughs> like, like that's oh, the deal breaker. Yeah, like, that's the like, thing. <laughs> I've been in the spinny thing. I've done all that shit, but I I don't know what it smells like. I don't know if I can handle this. I think it just gets them used to like what it's going to smell like when they're up there. I don't know. Yes. I, apparently, people want to know because it's made two hundred ninety four thousand dollars. Same. Yeah, it's only you can find out for yourself for twenty nine dollars plus five dollars shipping to the U S. And it's it's going to smell like new car. I, I don't know. No, I read like it smells like gunpowder, raspberries, um, a, but like a, a crazy mixture of shit is what I heard. It's just weird. And what event do you wear this to as a cologne? Uh, your trip to the Kennedy Space Center. You're going to. You go. I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I got this awesome date. I'm gonna go smell like gunpowder and raspberries. Uh, you went to see. Oh, next time you go see a movie yeah. that takes place in outer space. First, first, oh. first man with Ryan Gosling. I'm gonna smell like yeah. this. Ode to space. Season two of For All Mankind. There we go. Oh no! Like you, you put it on before you make love, and you're gonna tell her that I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take this sexual experience straight to the fucking stars, baby. We're gonna go out of this world. <laughs> out of this, uh, <laughs> and then you premature ejaculate. <laughs> and then, oh no, it was Apollo One. I blew oh, up the punch pad. Fuck! It's the Challenger. It's the Challenger all over again. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Yeah. Apollo One, and Brian just took it out of the atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what else did I see here that they're doing? Oh, before I talk about that, I uh, last week. I got, um, um, uh, you know, I were, uh, I got something in the mail from one of our listeners, and it's. Uh, I've been waiting for this. She told me what she's going to send, and uh, I, I had ordered that Danish licorice that turned out to be just absolute garbage, 
And so one of our listeners, Kay Hadi from New Zealand. Yeah, she's, she's so cool. And she sent me some, uh, licorice from New Zealand. I literally just opened the package now. So I'm going to pull out what you sent. And there's a lot of shit in here. What did she send? And I know this is an audio podcast and not exciting for people. Licorice, (laughs) raspberry licorice straps. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You can use that when you're taking your sexual experience to the moon. (laughs) Hold on. I'm going to try a little bit of this licorice strap. This is raspberry. I'm going to try this real quick. Oh my God. Mm. Oh shit. Oh fuck, that's good. That is good licorice. Mm. Thank you. Oh my god. The Danish messed up. These yeah, Zealanders. Those fucking. Out of the park. You fucked up, Danes. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, that's not it, man. She sent me here some. Oh shit. Whitaker's creamy milk. These are little chocolate bars. Thirty-three percent cocoa, made in New Zealand. I'm gonna try all this shit. Oh my god. What is this? Raspberry flavor, <laughs> licorice. Oh, that's a, yeah. Those fucking licorice pieces look like goddamn beef sticks. Oh, yeah. Oh, so they're like like homemade kind of. Raspberry licorice. This is a uh, chocolate, white chocolate. It looks like with licorice on the inside. Mixed bullets is what they call them. Mixed bullets. What else do we got here? Oh my god. Uh, Pascal pineapple lumps. What the fuck? Uh-huh. Lumps. Made with real fruit juice. Pineapple lumps. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Pineapple wanna be might wanna get a lump, you go to the doctor, you might wanna get that checked out. <laughs> <laughs> chocolate chocolate raspberry balls. Oh. Oh that looks good. And then raspberry chalk logs. So this is like like a like a licorice outside but with a chocolate center. Ooh, those look good. Ooh, that does sound really good. Ooh, those look real that good. Sounds really good. I wish I could eat all these things. Yeah, right take now. a picture of all of it and then post them. I will. I will. I will take a picture of all of it and I will post it on our Twitter. I will also post it on our Discord and on Facebook. And then we can all, all bug Kay and be like, mm-hmm. can you send me some of that shit yeah. too? Yeah, what the fuck, Kay? I yeah, want, I want some pineapple mumps. I want some fucking pineapple <laughs> lumps in my mouth. <laughs> oh, lumps. Why do I say mumps? That's so much nasty. Yeah, I want some, uh, I want some strawberry cysts. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, give me some kiwi tumors. Yum. Some, beni- some benign orange spots, yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite. I love them when they're benign. <laughs> so good. So goddamn good. Did you see that Heinz ketchup has, uh, the Heinz company has released recipes for, uh, ketchup ice cream, mayo ice cream and barbecue flavored ice cream? No. I saw that. It looks so fucking nasty. It's disgusting. That was nasty. I don't know, man. I like to dip my fries though in the chocolate frosties from Wendy's because it's that oh, sweet okay. and salty. That's different though. That's not ketchup flavored ice yeah, cream. Yeah, but yeah. ketchup, if you dip fries in ketchup flavored ice cream, I don't know. That might be a sweet, salty treat. I'm no. I don't know. I don't know. So you're gonna dip your nuggets in the barbecue ice cream? Oh God! Oh, yeah, actually, oh fuck! That sounds pretty good. The mayo ice cream is gonna go straight into the fucking garbage disposal. You can. 
<laughs> Fuck yeah. right off with that mayo ice cream. Ugh. It's not gonna go on your BLT. No, that's 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 for that's the shit that nightmares are made of. That's nightmare <laughs> fuel. That's disgusting. Mayo ice cream. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that is nasty. Yeah, that's fucking nightmare fuel. That's weird. Who the fuck is gonna be making that shit though? I think you can buy it though. I think I don't know. There's like these kits or something. Then you make it at home. I don't know. It's fucking you weird. Can make ice cream any flavor though. Like my sister. Oh, this was years ago. Like maybe ten, fifteen years ago. I was visiting my sister in Chicago, and she's a big foodie. Like she likes a super fancy, weird restaurant. So we went to a restaurant, and our my dish. Or someone at the table, like, got this dish. It was, like, a chicken and onion dish. But it came with, like, a little thing on the, like, on the plate. It was an onion, like, sherbet. Ugh. Like, one scoop of orange sherbet. I mean, of onion sherbet. And you're just like, oh, my God. And it, 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 he said, oh, it tastes like onion. It's onion, but, you know, cold and creamy and terrible. Hi. Yeah, exactly. It was good to be different. Is it pronounced sherbet? Is that how you sure pronounce bay. it, or is it sherbet? Oh, I don't know. I always said sure. I always call it sherbet. I've always called it sherbet too. Yeah, me too. But that just sounds like what us common folk call it, sherbet. <laughs> Not our culinary yeah. experts. Yeah, I just so don't want to go. Had the, so people had the gray poupon afterwards. They're finishing off with uh, some sherbet. Yeah, yeah. I like. I don't. I don't want to go to some place that sells like fancy. Sherbert, and then say Sherbert, and they just kind of like, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, how, are th- you. how are things in Hickville, USA, Mister Sherbert? <laughs> I sound like a fucking moron. Sherbet. I don't know, but then I don't want to sound like Sherbet. I don't say Sherbet. You want to be all fancy? It makes you sound too. like you're trying too hard. Too hoity-toity. You're I- trying way too hard to sound like you know what you're talking about. Yeah. If you say it like that. Yeah, I don't know. This episode's crap already. <laughs> <laughs> this is the this is the mayo ice cream of episodes. Happy, no, happy Independence Day, everybody! Well, it's my goal to at least get it up to barbecue ice cream level. Oh man! Oh, that's not, that's not, uh. well, it seems better than mayo ice cream, June. Yeah, anything mayo related. Period. It got one called salad creams. What? <laughs> oh God. Oh, that sounds like that sounds like something you do in your pants after you eat a bad salad, like that that bad sa- <laughs> that bad salad that's going around right now that's in the news. Oh, that's the romaine so lettuce, the recall on the romaine. Yeah, you got now you got the salad creams. It's like it's not like full blown diarrhea. It's just like it just comes out like when it wants to every once in a while. The salad creams. All of a sudden, you're sitting there, everything's all good, and then just like just a little bit comes out, and you're like, oh fuck. Salad creams. I just salad salad creamed myself. Oh fuck! Constant trips to the bathroom. Ah, uh, and then your <laughs> then your butthole's all tender for the rest of the day. Oh man, that's the worst. That's the worst. That's the worst. Where it, it's like it's like it's almost like pulsating, and you like you feel like if you were to take a look at it, it would look like a baboon's red ass. And you know you have to shit, but you're just, you're not looking forward to the wiping afterwards. Oh, it's just, it's yeah. terrible. Yeah, and it's like, it's not hot out, but you're, you're, you're on the toilet sweating for some oh, reason. Oh, just cold sweat. Cold sweats on the toilet. It's just terrible. Ah, salad creams! 
<laughs> You're cursing the salad. The salad. I knew that salad was a bad idea. Now Fuck I've, you, Dole. I've got the salad creams. The salad. You ever seen that? Have you ever seen that movie, The Stuff? No. No. You've got to watch. You've got to watch the stuff. It's um. I know some of our listeners know exactly what I'm talking about. I haven't seen it in years, but it's not the right stuff. Not the fucking a, no. Not the astronaut movie. It's a movie called The Stuff. Let me read the synopsis here for The Stuff. Came out in uh, ni- 1985. A delicious, <laughs> mysterious goo that oozes from the earth is marketed as the newest dessert sensation. But the tasty treat rots more than the teeth when zombie-like snackers who only want to consume more of the strange substance at any cost begin infesting the world. It, it's like ice cream. People are eating this shit. It's coming out of the earth, and they're eating it like it's fucking ice cream. Hey, it's got Paul Servino in it. Oh, God. I, Garrett Morse is in it from SNL. Yeah. 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 If you have never seen, if you've never oh seen God. this stuff, you've got to watch this stuff. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. This this movie's fucking bizarre. It was like one of my favorites when I was a kid. <laughs> when did this come out? So in the eighties? Eighty five. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Check. Watch the stuff, everybody. All right. Let's see here. Oh yeah. Hey, it's- don't forget to uh, jump on to podcastawards.com and uh, vote for pop culture leftovers in the people's choice category and then also in TV and film. The listener nomination period is from July 1st to July 31st and every time you nominate our podcast it helps and then we will hopefully be in the final selection voting which I, they, I guess they just pick 250 people in the podcasting community to vote on which podcast they're going to win, like who's going to be the winner and shit. But, uh, yeah, please go to podcastawards.com, especially after you've listened to this fucking banner episode. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna be, you're, you're gonna be like, oh man, I gotta vote for these guys. The, all the, all the things that they brought in this episode talking about fucking, uh, licorice salad tumors creamers. and salad creams and, and, uh, and the way space smells. The way space smells. Yeah. So then, yeah. like, I wonder if you get selected, then if you have to like submit an episode to these voters. They listen. I don't know if you sub. Yeah, you might have to submit an episode, and then, and then, um, and then if you do get like selected, you've got to record a video of yourself, except like with your acceptance speech, so that <laughs> even if you don't win, they still have it. But if you do win, then they play it somewhere. I don't know. It's weird. Wait. It's just like when they make uh, the Super Bowl hats. Yeah. Both teams. Yeah. And then they end up in Africa. And then they end up in Africa. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's uh, let's jump in. Yeah, so vote for us. Podcastawards.com. And uh, let me know that you voted somehow on Twitter or Discord or whatever the fuck. I don't know what you people do, how you get a hold of us. Or if you don't, I don't know. Some of you are just lurkers. You just lurk. You just listen every week. You lurk. You listen, and you're out. You have no interactions with this at all. I totally get it. Sometimes I don't want the interactions. <laughs> no, it's nice to know that people are listening. I do appreciate the emails and the interactions. I really do. Just uh, don't don't be as invasive as a salad cream. Um, 
Ooh, salad creams. Let's jump into Good Pop, Bad Pop this week. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. I thought I could eat one of those fucking licorice pieces in the interim when he was rattling off about Good Pop, Bad Pop. Didn't have enough time. Couldn't do it, huh? Maybe, in the, maybe when I do the Marvel News bumper, I'll just stuff my fucking face. I'll eat a pineapple lump. Wow. <laughs> Take yeah, well, <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, yeah, Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things of the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Tupperware party. Um... Good pop, I watched, uh, I watched, uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Did you guys get a chance to see this on HBO? Yeah, yeah, it's on HBO. It's on HBO now. Uh, gripping examination of the unsolved crimes of the Golden State Killer who terrorized California in the 1970s and 1980s. Michelle McNamara finds a new obsession in the East Area rapist who terrorized California in the 70s and 80s, responsible for 50 home invasion rapes and 12 murders. Yeah, we're starting off with light topic here. Jesus Christ. Um, Michelle McNamara lived a quiet life, but as her family slept, she spent nights investigating and writing a book about the Golden State Killer, delving into the world of online chat rooms and crime blogs. This is the late wife of Patton Oswalt. I did not know anything about this Story. I really didn't know anything about her, to be honest with you. Um, I uh, and, and and I don't know how this whole thing turns out. So if there's like resolution to this, like don't spoil it for me because like I am oh, just okay. kind of. Um, uh, I'm going to start off just by saying like this is this is a Tupperware for a lot of reasons because uh, for me at least because it's I didn't know a lot about her, and as I'm watching it. And they're interviewing, you know, her friends and we're seeing videos of her. And I was just kind of like her dedication to this, like her, she was relentless when it comes to like her obsession with this. And I was just impressed with like how much work she put into this and all the, all the getting on these crime blogs and like reading every response on these crime blogs so she can kind of like narrow down who this guy is and um pat and oswald talking about her and it's like listening to him and other people talk about her it was easy for me to understand why these two were together in love and got married and and you know had a child i was just like i can see why why he he is with her like they they complement each other well they're uh they're an amazing couple she's an amazing person herself it's it's not like you know she just let him do his hollywood thing and she didn't have anything that she was doing for herself i was just really impressed with her um so like this documentary I think like is just fascinating in that aspect because it's like it's not all like doom and gloom just with like this rapist cuz like this guy sounds like the most one of the most terrifying human beings ever um oh yeah from all these accounts <laughs> yeah. of these different women and like what he did and not and like a lot of these women it sounds like were not of age like they were young women like in their teens 
and I was just, you know, I had, I just I had this uneasy feeling, like just knowing that there are people out there in the world that are like this, that can be like this, that can that can do this to another human being. Like it, I, it really makes me sick that everybody were were on here for such, on Earth for such a short time, and then for somebody to just use somebody that way and then leave them with that these feelings and and a lot of people like after an event like this happened feel suicidal they feel trapped they're still scared that one woman that was talking about how when he entered the house she was playing the piano which was her passion oh god and yeah. how after that event every time she sat down at a piano she felt like there was a presence behind her and like mm-hmm. he could be there. And so she never played the piano anymore. And it like, I don't, that really stuck with me. This, this, the, I think this is one of those, again, where it's kind of like we're spoiled with Netflix where we're able to like binge something, you know, within the matter of, uh, of a day or, or over a couple days, the course of a couple days, it's like, you know, Netflix drops all of Tiger King and then all of America has watched Tiger King within a fucking week. And with this, it's going to be like, I don't know if it's six episodes or wherever it's going to go, but it's a week to week thing. And this left me just wanting the next episode of this. I want to know not only more about like what happens uh, with this case going forward in the future, but also I want to know more about Michelle McNamara. She, I'm just fascinated by her. She just, she, uh, she just is relentless. And I was just totally impressed by her kind of like, uh, um, her work ethic and doing this all from home, all from her home computer. And then like reaching out to people and having conversations with them over email that have also been involved in this case and like forming real friendships on the internet while she's doing this, like something so tragic, but it brought so many people together because they're fighting against, you know, this, this, a really good cause here to stop this fucking piece of shit or find out like where this, you know, I don't know. I'm just blown away by this. What did you guys think, Paul? Yeah. Well, I gotta, I gotta be very vague because this is, I've read the book twice. Oh, wow. It's the same, it's the same name as, uh, as the miniseries. And, um, I have a friend that she was so into this that she got me into listening to my favorite murder, which is a podcast. Yeah, that is. I mean, they are they were entrenched with Michelle McNamara, but I, I definitely give it Tupperware, and I really don't want to say much more just because I don't. Even though it's a real life thing that's happened, I don't want to ruin anything for you. Oh, right on, right on. Yeah, yeah. yeah June, what do you think? No, I agree. It's a Tupperware. I definitely, it's gotten me hooked. I want to know more. Um, it scared the shit out of me, though. I yeah. watched this Monday night after work. And then before I went to bed, I was I took the dog out. And the thing is, like, it scared the shit out of me, mm. especially the stuff that was so scary. is that this guy, um, the Golden State Killer, like, he, he would stalk and observe. Like, he basically hid. And would like walk, he knew exactly like when these women would be alone. Yeah. And like that, it, it just, it was something where I wasn't scared till I got outside, you know, it was dark and there weren't a lot of people around and I was like, oh my God. And it just like felt like someone, I started freaking out. I was like, oh my God, is someone watching me? I'm, and, I'm scared of fucking birds in my lawn. I understand completely. Yeah. But it just, and, Normally, like where I normally take that, I don't think anything of it. It's a less like lighted, like that that street. 
around the corner of our like our apartment complex, like it's not as well lit. And so, like, I took I, I was up. That's where I normally take the dog, and I was like, "No, we're not going to go. We're going to go into this really brightly lit area, mm-hmm. yeah, closer to the main street." So, yeah. And June, do you know anything about the case, or like, was this your first? Um, no, I do know a little bit, which is why I'm okay. not going to say much either. So. Okay. Ah, it's fantastic. It, like, like honestly, it's like it's one of those things where I can. I was thinking, like, when I first started watching this, I was like, "How can I even talk about this on the podcast? This is just so, just a disgusting human being." But there's also like this amazing kind of like um, story about Michelle McNamara and her and Patton Oswalt, and like that 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 romance that they had, and like that relationship that they had, and and. Um, uh, just like her relationship that she had with other people while trying to do this. I mean, this was like her life's work and this was her passion. And I, I was really impressed by that. I, I think that the documentary did a fantastic job of not only trying to like, you know, explain like, like what a terrible, you know, human being this was that was committing these acts, but also like the people that are fighting against it and trying to find resolution. Um, what amazing people they were. I, I was, I was really blown away by kind of like how they balanced this. Cause they could have easily just kind of like talked about like this guy and all these terrible things that he did. But I thought it was a really good balancing act by the, by the people involved in this documentary and putting it together. I, I, I Tupperware, I, I I'm going to continue to watch this. It drops on Sundays. It's fantastic. It's called I'll be gone in the dark. And they explain the title of that in the first episode, which was also terrifying. And I will definitely suggest getting the book or listening to it because it is phenomenal. Wow. It is like it really goes into her notes, just like the show did. She was – she's an awesome person for this. Like she is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I, I know there's people that are like just fascinated by all these, uh, you know, uh, uh, these crime dramas and these like serial and all this stuff. And like I get yeah. into it a little bit, man, but I don't dive into it. As much as 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 a lot of people do, I don't know if yeah. I I can't. Serial I, was a big one, and yeah. I dove into serial. I mean, I actually I I kind of got obsessed with the Anand Syed stuff, and I found myself like going to message boards and yeah. you know, and it what's so funny is like people that get involved the Anand Syed stuff. Like you actually have like law professors mm-hmm. um, who have like their own blogs. They started these own blogs. Like they teach like evidence. They they teach criminal law, and so. You know, they have these like blogs and they talk about the Anand Syed stuff and everything that went on with the case and they're interacting with just normal people. Yeah, I could never do it. I like I, the closest I would get, I would maybe like start a blog about like, you know, which one of my neighbors is letting their dog shit in my yard. <laughs> let's, try to, let's try to figure out who this asshole is. You know, you know, week one, I put up security cameras. He eluded the security cameras. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Still shit in the yard. Um, guys, did you get a chance to watch any of the new Netflix series, Warrior Nun? Yes. I watched a couple episodes. Yeah, I watched two and a half episodes. Paul, how much how, how much of the Warrior Nun did you watch? I watched nine episodes. Holy fuck. Nine episodes of Warrior Nun. Uh, yeah, there's ten I, episodes, people. Just in I case you were wondering, like a, I felt like a warrior <laughs> getting yeah. getting to episode nine. Then I just had to tap out. Yeah, Warrior Nine revolves around the story of a 19 year old woman who wakes up in a morgue with a new lease on life and a divine artifact embedded in her back. 
she discovers she is now part of an ancient order that has been tasked with fighting demons on Earth. And powerful forces representing both heaven and hell want to find and control her. Warrior Nun is a series created by Simon Barry. It's based on the comic book character Warrior Nun, Ariala, by Ben Dunn. And uh, it was originally developed as a feature film adaptation. Then the idea was reimagined as a television series for Netflix when the service had given the production a series order for a first season. The series is narrated and led by Portuguese actress Alba Baptista in the role of Ava Silva, a tetraplegic orphan who discovers she now has powers which force her to join an ancient order of warrior nuns. The series marks Baptista's English language debut. I'm just going to start off. I'm not going to rate it, but Jesus Christ, this is her English language debut. She sounded perfect English. Totally. Yeah. She sounded like she's American, so yeah. she's a great actor. In my, I think she's really good. I think she's got a lot of like mm-hmm. charm and charisma, and just like she's very she's funny. Um, I like her facial expressions and the way she reacts to stuff. Her sarcasm's good. I like the like even like the inner dialogue that the character uses. But like basically in this series, you have um, this kind of like demonic battle going we, we see like these warrior nuns that they, they had this battle and then like one of them's dying one of them's dying and she's i guess she was like the, the the warrior nun that has this artifact embedded into her back and she's getting ready to die so they're going to have to pass this artifact on to the next in line the next warrior nun and so they're getting ready to do that I guess I think like I remember like a big explosion happens or something like that and and they're not able to make the transfer uh one of the nuns has like it's like this device that like basically just rips this fucking circular artifact out of this ba- out of this woman's back and it glows and uh you find out later I'm not spoiling a lot here you find out later that it's it's an angel's halo mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. And it, it gives whoever it's in, it, it, whatever human it's in, it gives them like, you know, abilities, powers and stuff like that. And so, um, this woman's fighting these people that are trying to take the halo and she ends up, before they come in, she ends up putting it into a dead body there at this church of this 19 year old girl and it resurrects her. It resurrects this young girl who had died, uh, mysterious circumstances, we don't know. And uh, we find out that this girl was like a paraplegic, could not use her legs or her arms, and now she has full use of her arms and legs. She can walk around. And I think the show did a damn good job of like her doing new things and and really kind of like experience like this new sensation of touch and like running and and like even when she's on the beach and she's letting the sand run through her fingers um when she's on the beach and she's running when she's dancing for the first time and just letting loose i think the show did a really good job of that um but she's like the hero that doesn't want to be the hero she just is like used to like being able to walk in this second chance at life and she doesn't want to be the chosen one and she doesn't want to fight like this crusade this you know war against the demons and she doesn't want to be part of this nut this these nuns and all this shit and um 
I'm two and a half episodes in, and I'll be honest with you, I re- I'm really enjoying the show. I'm I'm really enjoying it. I think it's a lot of fun. I thought it was going to be sillier with the title. Um, I thought it was good, like a warrior nun. I thought it was going to be like fucking like like a kung fury or a velocipast, yeah, or just like a silly yeah. type of thing. And you know, I, when I first started it, and it start, I was just like, oh fuck, this is this is not what I wanted. And then they introduced the girl that plays Ava, and they just did this whole story, new story with this new character that gets this ability. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm kind of digging this. I'm kind of digging this show. I'm kind of digging this character. And so I'm going to, so far, um, I mean, there's been Tupperware moments. I'm going to give it a high taste it right now, but I think I'm going to finish this. And it, like my rating could change. It could be a Tupperware at the end of the day, but I'm really enjoying this so far. And the only thing I think like the special effects, like when they use the special effects on the demon that I have seen, I saw a full demon in episode two. I was like, man, you know, can we go back to practical effects? Because that looks straight out of a goddamn video game. Mm-hmm. And but I, I don't know. I don't have too many other complaints. I I, I really think the show's the show's pretty fun. I, I think it, I think it's worth watching. I, it's it's a pretty fun show. What do you think, Paul? Uh, well, no. Let's go to June. June, you watched two <laughs> episodes. So I'm gonna get Paul uh, last. He watched nine. Yeah, I I've gotten through like maybe like five or six episodes of Connor Lost Count. It. So you're right. The whole thing, like how she dies, like that's a mystery. You you find that out, and then it's pretty crazy how she dies. Except then they never address it. So far, like they don't. Then they don't address it ever again. And I'm like, that's kind of weird that you wouldn't address that. Um, it's because really fucked up. It, it's like really seriously fucked up how she dies. So anyway, that bothered me. Um, and the other thing that I think is just silly is that you have this order of warrior nuns, right? There's this like super secret like order within the Catholic Church that like even higher ups in the Vatican like don't even know about them, right? Except in the show, they are out in broad daylight in their habits, like wielding this these like swords with like the cross hit like a cross shaped hilt, and I'm like, that's really not going it's not really being incognito or the whole thing with the secrecy. Yeah. They're full on like, daylight warrior nunning. Yeah, and I'm like, but you're supposed to be this like super secret order within the church that not everyone in the church knows about, and then and like people just say think it's a myth. And I think at one point they even question like I don't even think the Pope knows about you guys. Like it's so it's they're supposed to be super secret, and yet they're out in broad daylight with people around fighting, dressed being you know, Clearly they're nuns, and you're just like, I don't, okay, why? I mean, it's, it's like tiny stuff like that, though, that I feel like there's a lot of that that happens in this show. How many episodes in are you? Like six. Oh, like, six. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, so it just like small stuff like that where you're just like, what? why? That's that's stupid. And so I'm going to give it, like right now, I'm at like a lowish taste it. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I started off. I started off as a taste it, like in the first couple episodes, and then as it went on, it was just more of those small things like that that kept adding up. That I was like, okay, I'm starting to get tired of this. Honestly, I think like the main reason that I like it is so much. I think I, I think that the the main character here is uh, she's she is good. I think she's she is great. very good. Um, I think she's got just enough snark. See, I this kind of earlier on reminded me of Buffy almost. 
Um, mm-hmm. It definitely has mm-hmm. some elements of Buffy Vampire Slayer, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but it yeah. just, it for me at least, it started off promising, and then just the small, what I think are inconsistencies, yeah, sort of add up for me. I never watched the uh, the Buffy Vampire Slayer no. show. I, I watched, I, and I know it's popular, I, and I never watched any of the spinoff, the Angel thing. But I, 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 the only thing I watched the movie, the Paul Rubens, Luke Perry, Christy oh, yeah. Swanson. I love, the, yeah. I love the movie too. Awesome. Was that pre jerking off? In the th- was that pre jerking off in the theater for Paul Rubens, or was that post jerking off in the theater for Paul Rubens? I think that was post. Yeah, that movie's from '91, I believe, and I think the mm-hmm. act of him jerking off in the theater was pre '91. I think that was late '80s because. He was like one of the first people to host the v, like the VMAs, and he came out and hosted like oh. three weeks after all that happened. He was like, "Hey, <laughs> I wish they had questions like that on Jeopardy." Like this actor from <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer was caught in the theater jerking off, and then somebody buzzes in. Who is Paul Rubens? Correct. Uh, yeah, I'll take other actors that jerked off in theaters. And it's like, oh my god, it's it's going to be Fred Willard on the next one. So that's what I was going to say. <laughs> He's the Daily Double. Hey, hey, hey uh, Paul, do I owe you five dollars, Paul? Yes, you do. Uh, okay. Yes, you do. So, Brian, Paul, and I made a bet because every time Paul is on. Somehow, at some point in the podcast, um, masturbation comes up. Talks to masturbation, and so we took bets. I thought it was going to happen like later. I thought we were right around news time. Yeah, he said within the first like twenty minutes. So I owe Paul. No, we're forty. Actually, we're forty-three minutes in. Well, he's closer, so it's closer. First twenty minutes, a good pop, bad pop. Oh shit! You might be right, sir. Like we're literally on the second thing in good pop, bad pop. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, so you win, Paul. I owe you five bucks. <laughs> gonna shoot. No, I'm not kidding. Like, text me your email and oh, I will stop. PayPal you five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love, I love, I, I love side bets by our guests about things that I will talk about during that is fan fucking tastic. Oh my god. <laughs> This was brought up at C2E2 between June and I. She's like, every time you're on, Brian talks about masturbation. And then he was we like, I a, know, right? And then we were on a call with, uh, like, I think Chris Eaton set up a Zoom call. Yeah. And June's like, yeah, every like I was going to be on the next night. And she's like, are you guys going to talk about masturbation? And sure as shit, we did. I did not he expect it. He would last to record y'all. And he was like, oh, my God, we're 10 minutes in. And we're already talking about masturbation. It's not like I have Paul Rubens jerking off in my notes here. This just comes up. I know. Actually, Paul asked me that at T2 too. Paul goes, is it me? Is it something about me that brings up this subject? Oh, I, Paul, I don't know, man. You you give off this, you give off like this uh, jerking off masturbation pheromone or something. <laughs> the best one was the hamburger helper hand. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh God! We were talking about the hamburger helper hand (laughs) cheating a woman. A woman is making beef stroganoff for her family, and then the hamburger helper hand is is fucking flicking her bean by the end of the night. Yeah. Oh my God! I'm proud to say I was on that episode. Yeah, that was that was a fun one. That was a great one. In this episode, we're talking about what space smells like. <laughs> and mayonnaise ice salad cream. Creaming. And salad creams. Not even a real thing. 
Anyway, I don't know. Warrior Nun. Warrior Nun. I like it. Paul, nine episodes. Don't, I mean, come on. I, 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 oh, man, I felt like a chore, dude. Really? Yeah, okay. Um, at first, at first, I wasn't digging Ava. The first couple of minutes, I'm like, God, this is like a Wish.com version of Amelia Clark. Like, she looks just like her. She but did. She, she looked like Amelia Clark meets Alicia Vikander from Ex Page? Machina. Oh, yeah. no, I was oh, going to say she yeah. was like Ellen Page. Oh, no. I don't I don't. Ellen Page, no. She reminded me of Ellen Page a little bit. No. I definitely got the Amelia Clark vibe, though. That's I got an Amelia. Amelia. Yes, I, d- I got the Amelia Clark. When she was, like, when they showed her dead on the table at first, I was like, holy fuck, that looks like a really young Amelia Clark. Yeah, like, what the fuck? I really yeah. enjoyed her snark. Her snark picks up a lot more, too. But then, like, it just really, it slows down. The story slows down so much. Like, at first, I, I love the reluctant hero storyline where it's like, ooh, I don't want to, like, I, I don't want to do this. Like, and, and you get it. Like, she's she's now able to do all these things. She just wants to live a life she never had. But sure. now it's it's just like after so many episodes, like, okay, we get it. You don't want to do it. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> <Got it>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything you are, you do. Like, okay, we get it. You're you're angsty, God. Um, but like, I, I really do. I love Shotgun Mary. She's my favorite. I do too. Show. And She's I, great. And like, I love, I love kind of the mythology, the building of the legacy of like the warrior nuns which i feel like we don't get a lot of and then i just had to hit a hard stop because at the end of episode nine something happens and it's just like it's supposed to be this whole <gasps> but it's just like okay wow and then i just had to and then i wanted to go watch um metamorphosis or something so it's like this show just like because like i'm two episodes in i'm like oh this is two and a half episodes in. i'm like ah oh, this is fun i like i even like like the people like you know that she's hanging out with those people that are squatting in the different homes and stuff i'm like getting into some of those characters this, so this story just completely shits the bed the further you go into it sounds like well for me it does but i mean you and i have disagreed on similar stuff before so i, I really hope you keep enjoying it, and I know there's a lot of people online that, that that love it. Yeah, yeah. So so maybe I'm just missing something, but I just like after a while, I I remember turning it off and watching some shows on Hulu, and then being like, oh, I gotta finish Warrior Nun. Like I was like, yeah, I want to finish Warrior Nun. I felt like I was being forced to do the dishes or something. But I'm gonna definitely go back to, to episode ten, and I just want to finish it. But right yeah, now, I mean, I'll finish it just because uh, I want to know the story. I just want to know how. I just want to know what happens with the story. But Paul, oh, you're right though. Shotgun Mary is. I think she is the standout character in the whole series. She's amazing. I love her. But the thing is, so she's not a nun though. Yeah, she's not a. They don't call her Sister Mary. She's her, her name. You know, she just goes by Mary or Shotgun Mary. But then they don't explain why she's able to be part of this catholic order of ninja nuns like it doesn't do you so think that, again that, like they, small they, things like that where you're just like why well do you think like in some stories they don't tell you everything all at once june well i'm just saying though that's some like she's a main character and so you're like 
Like, like what if, like at the beginning of Sixth Sense, we find out that Bruce Willis is dead, like within the first <laughs> five fucking different. minutes? But this is different because the way they do it, though, is like she's just like they kind of throw it away, like she's not a nun. Yeah. Like it's well, not like they're setting it up for like something later to explain like that that's more significant. Like it's just a very throwaway. Like she's not a nun. Like she didn't take vows, and then that's it. Like, well, like oh, first okay. five first five minutes of Soylent Green, we find out it's made of people. Yeah, and then that would have saved you an hour of not a great movie. Oh, so. Soylent, no, don't you dare talk ill of fucking Charlton you. Heston, one of the <laughs> fucking greatest actors of the last hundred years <laughs> in Soylent oh, Green. Chewing it up. I know he is amazing. Silent Green is. Oh my god, he was even amazing in Wayne's World uh, Native too. Native people. I did love him in Wayne's World too, as the gas uh, attendant, the <laughs> oh, gas station attendant. The first lo- one uh, isn't a good actor, and they bring him. He's like, come on. He was like, we have the budget for something better than this. I love fucking Charlton. I love Charlton Heston. It broke my heart when he died. Jesus. Yeah. It broke my heart when he had to be in that shitty Tim Burton Planet, say, Planet of the Apes movie. I never watched that. He was the, uh, like the king of the apes or some shit, like their leader. Yeah. And he was, he was. Was it just a cameo, right? Yeah, it was a cameo. And he was, he was an ape in that one and he was, and he, yeah. he was dying. So. <laughs> that movie's great just cause it's terrible. Oh, it's so oh. bad. <laughs> so fucking bad. Warrior Nun. Yeah. Warrior Nun. You guys are not getting me excited to watch the rest of Warrior Nun. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of stuff that I've not liked. You're just you t- you're basically you're just Brian. You like a lot of stupid shit, man. No, <laughs> you like you, Brian. You you enjoy you enjoy the fuck out of a lot of dumb stuff. You look at this is just just add this to the dumb shit that Brian likes list. You just watch dog shit on TV. So you this <laughs> you probably enjoy getting the salad creams too. You fucking oh, I weirdo. Wish anybody take that bad. Oh god, I know. It's gross. God, it's gross. Dude. It's so bad. It's like it's like when you it's like when you have like a really bad mucusy cough, but now it's coming out of your butt. Oh, oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. <laughs> I don't know. Guys, remember to vote for us in the podcastawards.com. Yeah, exactly. Hashtag mucus butt poop. Hashtag mucus butt poop. All right. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about one more thing. We'll take a break. Desperados. Did you get a chance to watch the movie Desperados on Netflix? Oh, my God. Kind of. It's a comedy. Comedy is subjective. Some people like things. Some people don't laugh at things. So it's it's one of those it's one of those did this did this comedy work did the comedy stylings of uh Nassim Padrad and Lamorne Morris work for you in this one or was it lost on you I mean well, last week very divisive with the uh Eurovision song contest <laughs> Uh, the fire saga whatever the fuck it was called very divisive I think it's stupid as fuck uh, but you know, my two guests, Stephanie and Chris, love the movie. I mean, comedy, very divisive. So here we go. Desperados, a panicked woman rushes to Mexico with her reluctant friends in tow to try to delete a ranting email, ranting email she sent to her new boyfriend. It stars, like I said, Nassim Padrad. She's from SNL. She was also in, uh, New Girl. And where Aladdin. She, 
and Aladdin, and she played the girlfriend of Lamorne Morris on New Girl, and they're reunited oh. here in this movie. Yeah, she was uh, the girlfriend of Lamorne Morris in New Girl in later seasons. Lamorne Morris also, yeah, like I said, from New Girl, and he was also in Barbershop 3. Robbie Amell, uh, who was uh, most recently in Amazon's Upload. Anna Camp, Heather Graham, and Sarah Burns. Um, yeah. Oh, God. I, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to let one of you guys talk. I, I want to find out what Paul thought about Desperados. <laughs> Oh man, I you know, oh man, it, it's so weird because I really there's parts that I loved of it. I loved the story that dealt more with her two friends than I cared what was happening with her and Robbie Amell. So I really loved the the, the kind of shit that happened with her friends. But I mean, I, I'm going to give it a high taste because there were parts where I was laughing pretty hard. Especially the dolphin dick part. <laughs> God. <laughs> I, Did you ever see? Uh, okay, so yeah, there's a part in this movie where she's like on a floating dock out in like the ocean. They're on like the they're out in the um, out, out by in Mexico in, in, in the ocean, and uh, there's a dolphin that sees her, and dolphins um, can get very dolphin. turned on. And You're the very horniest animals. Very horny. Existence. Very horny. And uh, <laughs> it, 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 it comes up and starts humping on her. And, then, and she's like, she thinks it's a hug. She's, she's very excited about yeah, it. Yeah, very excited. You ever see the episode of King of the Hill where Hank? Yes. That's get, exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah, he's in that tank with the dolphins. And it's the, and it humps him. It's the dolphin encounter. And he's like, oh, oh. He's getting, yeah. <laughs> it, the thing's like humping him. And it's almost like Hank gets like PTSD after that. It was like just traumatic for Hank. Getting manhandled by a fucking, by a dolphin. Um, June. She, she gets so I taste it. June, what did you think of Desperados? You only, um, you only watched part of it. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't get through, I couldn't get through the first 30 minutes. I, I turned off every first 30 minutes. I, I tossed this. This was terrible for me. Um, it just, so many things. Number one, I just felt like a lot of her behavior on the scene for Jaws character, like it's, it doesn't make, it just seems like not something that someone in her mid to late 30s would be doing. It's a comedy. It, it, yeah, it just, it just annoyed me. I'm like, this is something that like, like going into a job interview at a Catholic school and talking about masturbation and sex and you're like, <laughs> you at 35, 30, so you should know better. Like, that's the, that's, that's the humor. That's not to me. It just, it just doesn't. It oh just, my God. It, I, when she was I mean, talking about, funny. she was talking about, when she, she was like a call, like a, like a senior in college who didn't know any better. I was like, going oh, off for her first job and does this like that to me would be funny. Not someone who's in their fucking like mid to late thirties. And then the whole thing with like her and her friends getting drunk. And this is what kind of, I was done with the movie at this. Yeah. So the, she and her friends, she like, she's upset because the guy that called her. So she, they get, she, her friends come over, they get really drunk. She's like, I'm going to write him a drunk email. And she writes him this super crazy psycho email that her friends help her write. But then they're like, but thing is, but I don't care how drunk you are. One of those friends is still going to be like, okay, no, no, no. Terrible idea. Like, no, because, yeah, like the fact that neither one of the friends, like, not, they were both like, yeah, let's just totally write this. 
we're adults, but let's totally write this terrible email. Why do you? Why do you? Are. Why? One of them, one of the friends is going to say, no, 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 no. That's a terrible idea. Let's just June. I never want you to write a. I never want you to write a comedy screenplay with rational thinking friends in a comedy. What the hell? What the fuck, June? I think it was just. I think in some ways, I know it's a comedy, but at some parts have to have some. You have to ground some parts in reality. Like some of it has to be a little. I don't know. And then the fact that um, uh, what was the name of the actor from New Girl? Um, Lamorne Morris. Yeah. So. I didn't finish it, but I'm pretty sure that's who she ends up with in the end, just because, like, you don't have him in the beginning and then jet and, le- and like, leave the movie after five minutes. So I'm like, mm, yeah, he shows back up. That's who she ends up with. Like, it, it just already just seems so predictable. I don't know. I toss it. That's just me, though. Again, you said comedy subjective. Not everybody likes the same kind of stuff. So. Yeah, that's the easy out. You're wrong here, though. Um, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It, it is subjective, and and some things just don't hit. I think you're too analytical, though, when it comes to this. You're very analytical when it comes to like her behavior and how she should be acting. Well, kind of like with bridesmaids. I felt like you know bridesmaids did it well. Like oh, I love bridesmaids. Did all of the, I love bridesmaids, and I thought the way they did, yeah, like, the way Kirsten, you know, she's a single person. Was, you know, she's. Wants love, wants a good job, and her life's kind of falling apart. But the way that she handled it, it, like it was in line with like her age. Whereas like this just kind of seemed all over the place. I think like honestly, I think like this is not the job that she wanted. She, she was kind of setting herself up for failure um, in the most ridiculous way. I was just I was really getting a kick out of that whole scene with like her. She's doing that interview with that you know that nun, and then. Um, talking about how she's going to be the guy, how she wants to be the guidance counselor. It looks like she's got the job locked up. And then she talks about like how she's going to take a different approach to sex education. And like, you can pleasure your own self physically. You don't need the boys. And then like, you know, you can use anything like the shower nozzle. And then she picks up the owl figurine that's on the nun's desk. (laughs) And I, I lost my shit. That was funny as fuck. Like the owl figurine, like, like, <laughs> so I kind of like I kind of lost my shit at that one. Like, oh my god! Like, yeah, I thought it was super funny. I also really enjoyed the little kid that played Nolan. Nolan Ryan. No, hold on, it's not. It's Nolan Ryan Felipe is his full name. <laughs> and she and she kept and she kept getting herself into situations that made it look like she wanted to hook up with this fucking like nine year old kid, <laughs> and this kid and this kid was in love with her. Oh, he loved her. The mom. <laughs> oh, the mom would flip out like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like she. <laughs> I had an 18 inch episiotomy. <laughs> that's, that's like a half a meter. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to give it a high taste. That I, I really, I really thought this movie was pretty funny. I was comparing it to Bridesmaids, though. Is it? Is it at the level of a Bridesmaids? And it's not. Bridesmaids like sets the fucking bar when it comes oh, I to love, like. I mean, Bridesmaids is one of my favorites. Yeah, when comedy. it comes to like female led oh. comedies, it's it's fucking. I, it's better than The Hangover, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I uh, do. I like The Hangover. Nah, fuck I The Hangover. It's not the. It's I don't know. Especially and fuck the sequels. 
Fuck no, the sequels. sequels are terrible. The yeah. first one, though, the I first like one's, the first it's one. Good. I would watch Bridesmaids over Hangover any day, though. That's no, just me. Absolutely. No, no I, I put Bridesmaids above all of that. Um, yeah. I mean, Paul Feig did something very special with that movie. I was totally ready to give this a Tupperware, especially Brian at the end when she's talking to that younger girl. I thought they were going to have the balls to end the movie on a different note, and I was ready to be like, yes, Tupperware, yeah. but then... You know, shit happens, but yeah, I definitely I had a fun time watching this one. I did too. I had a lot of fun watching this one. It's no, it's not the wrong Missy like that. <laughs> did you guys see that? Did you watch no, that? No, I haven't watched that. <laughs> I I feel like June, you would hate it, and Paul, you would love it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just just from this conversation. I'm just, there's like no rationale, no rationale at all in that movie, June. You would hate it. Oh, there's God. no there's no reason for any of these characters <laughs> to be acting and doing anything that they're doing in that movie. You would hate it. See, I mean, I just I need some a little bit and not a lot, but just some stuff grounded in reality. Like just the tiniest thing. That's like June for popcorn on the floor during Toy Story. Fuck this. No, <laughs> I understand that difference. I love Toy Story. Toys can't come to life. This is bullshit. Story. I happen to throw it out of a kid's hand. Tell you, I have cried. I both Toy Story two and Toy Story three brought me to tears. Yeah. So never-ending story. The movie ended. Never-ending story. My ass. (laughs) They they lied. Movie was an hour and forty-seven minutes long. It had a beginning and an ending. <laughs> lies. Oh, lies. <laughs> Sorry, Jen. I'm not giving... I'm. Does it feel like I'm giving you a hard time? Because I'm not. A little bit, but I'm used to it. Because you give me a hard time all the time. <laughs> That's like... Uh, Part for the course. Oh, why are you going to make me feel bad now? I know. I did it. I know. God, I hate feeling things. You made me feel things, June. Damn you. You're like, what is this terribleness in my heart? I know. I know. How dare you make me bleed my own blood? (laughs) 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 To quote Jesse Ventura in Predator, I ain't got time to bleed. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. a great movie. Oh, it's so good. Predator's so fucking good. I just watched Predator a few weeks ago. Oh my I just watched God. a documentary on Predator. What, what is it called? Oh, I gotta look it up. Oh, you watched oh. something with Chris Hansen. It was something on YouTube. <laughs> like Jesse was talking about like how all the actors did kind of like a two week boot camp. Yeah. And how he just like ran circles around Schwarzenegger because he was a Navy SEAL in the seventies. Oh he's wow! Like, these fucking pansies. <laughs> Have you ever seen it's like Ventura it's, before? Before he did WWE, like yeah, yeah, he was a Navy okay. SEAL in the late seventies. Have you ever seen the short film Predator: Dark Ages? No. Uh-uh. Watch it. It's on YouTube. <laughs> it's free. It's a fan film, and it's a predator that goes back to like medieval times. Wait! 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 When I said I watched a documentary, did you say Chris Hansen, like the How to Catch a Predator? Yeah, dude. 
Have a seat, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't going anywhere, Paul. Oh, no. I don't like that one. <laughs> oh, God. That fucking, did you ever see the fucking episode where they caught the same dude twice? Yeah. Yeah. The motherfucker came back again. Wait, wait, is this- oh my god that fucking show man oh my god i was like i was late to the game on that one and like i think they had already all been filmed and i just went on a fucking tear i like fucking (laughs) i like binge the shit out of those how to you know the to catch a predators jesus i watched them all like within like a weeks i think they were playing like reruns on msnbc and i was just fucking watching the shit out of those i was always so worried for them I always thought what was going to happen to Chris Hansen was what happened to the Cheaters host. Oh, it was just which one? Which one was it? Which which Cheaters host? The Cheater host get like shot during like a reveal. Oh no, the Cheaters host. What happened to uh, one of the guys is yeah, the original host. He felt like he got pushed off a boat, and the propeller like cut him up or some shit. (gasps) Right? Shit. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so, like, they had a guest host for, like, a long time fill his place. What was oh, that? Oh, Yeah, what was that host's name? Uh, Greek Greco? Johnny Greco or some shit? But I was always worried during How to Catch a Prayer that one of these guys would just, like, fucking go crazy and pull out a weapon or something. Oh, man, I used to watch like, Yeah. They weren't screened or anything before coming into the house. I used to watch the... F- Oh, Joey Greco. Joey Greco. Joey Greco. That's and his then name. he got he got fucking injured, and then they had Tommy Habib fill in for him. Yes, I <laughs> I know my I know my you cheaters know history. Cheaters lore. <laughs> Dude, I was I was obsessed with cheaters, man. I was obsessed with that shit. That's another thing that I was watching all the time. I watched I, trash TV. And I take it that, that did that thing on the boat did that happen on the show or was that just it happened on the show? You can watch okay. the episode, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I knew something happened to somebody on the show. What if there was an episode of To Catch a Predator, and they caught Joey Greco Greco from Cheaters? Whoa, <laughs> that'd be like the crossover. ultimate the crossover. <laughs> and he's a pedo. What the fuck? Ah, mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Is that grounded in reality enough for you, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> I think that would actually probably that would definitely be a mind blower. Right oh, that, that would be a crazy crossover. No shit, no shit. Oh my god, that would be nuts, guys. Let's take a break. How's that sound? Yes. Yeah. Let's break it up. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. 
You know, I was thinking, we were talking about Bill Pullman, and I always thought it was a missed opportunity that there wasn't a Stretch Armstrong-like doll of Bill Pullman called the Bill Pullman, where you pull his arms and his legs and they get all stretchy and shit. <laughs> That's actually genius. I know. That is. I can't believe no one ever made that. But why did you not make the Bill Pullman Pullman doll? Why? You, you should start a fucking... Yeah, we, starter. we know what fucking space smells like. Why can't I get a Bill Pullman <laughs> Pullman doll? Who gives a fuck what space smells like, huh? I want to pull Bill Pullman around. Exactly. Yeah, this... Uh, guys, podcastawards.com. All right? <laughs> 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 We're putting this one into the vault. This one's going in the vault. It's going next to the E.T. Atari game. Yeah, no shit. Oh, God, he's going to be buried in, in the New, desert. In New Mexico. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen, you guys have seen that documentary, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the documentary was great. Yeah. We talked All about- those people out there to see the excavation of, like, this big landfill essentially i was fucked up when i was talking about uh bill paxton talking about talking to him with a ouija board that was fucked <laughs> up that was a little fucked up he's beloved and here i am oh my god game over <laughs> game over man game over <laughs> I, I love fucking bill paxton he's fucking great anyway wow. oh man I see. I watched a fucked up anime. It just premiered on Funimation on July 3rd. It's called Superheroes, but it's spelled H-X-E-R-O-S. An unknown type of alien called Sensorbug uh, invades Earth. They plunder H-Energy in an attempt to make mankind extinct. To save the Earth from the alien threat, high school boy Reto Enjo joins the Heroes team, partnering with four beautiful high school girls, one of whom is his childhood friend, Karara Hoshino. However, it turns out that Karara has drastically changed her personality, which leads to an estrangement between the two childhood friends. Um, this is fucked up. This is a very, like, uh, uh, <laughs> very sexual anime. It's very, huh. it's very, it... These these sensor bugs, they look like praying mantises or something. They're fucked up. They got big old buggy eyes and praying mantis arms with claws and shit. And they come down to earth and they uh they drain uh sexual energy from humans and they just leave us with no desire at all. They they call it desire, but they're actually just draining our sexual energy. And so um this uh this young boy is, witnesses this as a, as a child, and it's his like mission to stop these sensor bugs. And so, with help of his uncle, who like makes like technology and shit, he can battle these sensor bugs. And his uncle makes like this ring that can harness his sexual eroticism. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and he can use it to fight back against the sensor bugs. And so, like, a sensor bug, like, tries to attack him and drain him of his sexual desires. And he's like, 
not today, sensor bug. And he fucking punches this sensor bug. Oh, my God. weird. But he punches the sensor bug, and he's such a powerful punch that it disintegrates his clothing. So he's left naked. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to this show. (laughs) Wow. And so he finds out. I, I don't want to spoil it. You gotta. You, oh my god! I I fucking love it though. I give it a fucking Tupperware. I fucking love it. It's so fun. It's so and where fun. Where's the streaming? Funimation. It's a okay. It, it's an anime service. There's you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so there's Mondo. Huh. There's Funimation. There's Crunchyroll. This one's on Funimation. And, I saw uh, you put this in a group chat, and I tried to find Funimation on Roku, and I had a problem downloading it. Oh, okay. Oh, I really yeah. wanted to check this out after you were talking about it. Yeah, I was talking to Nana Pratt about it, and I was like, dude, you gotta watch this one. I, Cause I finished, I finished Gleipnir, Gleipnir season ended, and I, I love it, Tupperware, and then, and then, um, Tower of God ended, and oh my god, absolute Tupperware for Tower of God. Amazing anime. But superheroes, oh my god, <laughs> this show is fucked up. It is fucked up, but I'm like, I'm hooked. I can't not watch this. It's superheroes. It's spelled H X E R O S or R O E S or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Just look it up. Look it up on Funimation if you've got it. Watch it. It's fucked up. Um, I also watched uh, Juon Origins on Netflix. Uh, Haruka Hanjo is a rookie actress. She hears the sounds of footsteps at night in her house when she learns of psychic researcher Yasuo Odajima from a TV variety program. She seeks counseling from him about her problem. Um, we know this franchise here, Juwan. We know it by the grudge. So this is, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, this is, this is part of the grudge universe and now it's on Netflix. Uh, that first grudge movie came back, came out in 2000, I believe. And there have been a total of uh, seven total in the franchise in Japan, and that's not including like the American remakes. If if I was including those, I think I think we're up to thirteen films total. Yeah. Uh, this series it's a prequel to the popular Japanese horror series Juon. The series focuses around the true events that Juon is based on, including the basis of the curse and the curious fate of those who came in contact with the house. It focuses on uh, once on the violence and the murder created by the curse. And uh, it starts, the series starts in 1988, and it follows a group of victims up until 1998, which is around the same time of when the first Juon short was released. And the characters are loosely connected by the curse, but all six Netflix episodes of the first season are tied together by a paranormal investigator who becomes obsessed with the murder house. And I've watched the first two episodes of this. Um, each episode is like around 26, 28 minutes, like 30 minute episodes. And, um, yeah, this is, uh, oh God, uh, where do I even start? This is, um, uh, there's some graphic stuff that happens in this one. Uh, so if you are not wanting to watch, I mean, there's, there's scenes of, of, um, there's scenes of rape that happen in this. So if that's like, you don't want to watch that, I'm going to warn you. Don't, don't, do not watch the first episode. And then it actually goes into the second episode. Um, but you've got, <clears throat> you've got a girl 
who lives in a house and she hears footsteps outside of rooms. Um, her boyfriend has the sight where he can actually see these paranormal things. And so he saw something in her apartment and he's like, you've got to move. You've got to get out of here. And she ends up moving in with him. There's another story of a girl who's new in town and she's got a reputation of like sleeping around, I guess, at her old school. And, um, some, she ends up going to the house where the curse kind of started and some fucked up things happen there. Um, and then we've got the story of the paranormal investigator who's researching all this and all these stories are going to get tied in together. I watched the first two episodes and I mean, you're looking at like a total, it's like a three hour investment to watch this entire series. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to give it a high taste it right now. Um, cause it is pretty fucking intriguing so far. And they're always throwing like a new twist in there and always kind of like an, Oh shit. Oh my God. Like, how does this figure into the story? And so, um, if you're a fan of like the grudge series, I think like you, this might be something you want to watch. So yeah, it's called, uh, Jew on J U hyphen O N origins and it's on Netflix and it just dropped this week. So yeah, I'll give it a high taste it so far, but it is pretty graphic and I don't know. Give it a shot though. If that's your thing, if you're into the horror stuff. Yep. All right, June. What do you have for good pop, bad pop? I know that you had a couple things you wanted to talk about. I do, but here's my first one. Uh, Are you? Yes. It's Hamilton time. Are you? Were you? Were you you playing something? Because I didn't hear it. Yeah, I I can only hear the faintest of things. I heard the faintest of sounds. Had this whole thing. Oh. Again, that's podcast awards. I'm sorry. Hey, yeah, uh, podcastawards.com. Thank you, Paul, for the reminder. People's awards. choice and TV and film. People's choice, TV and film, and uh, audio. And and we're also in the audio blunders right. category. So, so I had a whole thing. I was playing play the intro to Hamilton, but it's Hamilton time. That is what we're good. That is what I. That's my big good pop, bad pop this week because Hamilton debuted on Disney Plus yesterday. I know, Brian, that you um, are holding off on watching it because you want to see it um, in the theater, the live production of it, which is understandable. I get it. I know that Paul watched it because Paul texted me. I did. Wait, like, is this version coming to theaters? Is is what's on Disney Plus going to hit theaters? No, no, no. This was what they were planning on putting into the theater, but with COVID going on, they're yeah. dropping it on Disney Plus. And yeah. I'm, I want to see the, the like the theater production, like the touring, like the actual. Like I want to sit in a seat and watch this live. Oh, is that like I don't like? I know wh- nothing's happening now. Yeah, but like. Are it, what, still- it what has been on tour? It has it. Um, it started on tour. Um. So after, you know, because obviously Broadway in New York, and then they had a standing show in Chicago for a few years, and that's when I saw it. And then they did a standing show in L.A. and then London. And then um, in 2018 is when it started touring. It's been touring ever since. So um, And then I saw it when it came through my town during the tour. So I have had the luxury of seeing it, you know, 
in the li- like the live theater production of it. And, you know, Brian, you're totally right. There is something about that theater experience. Mm. Yeah. And it is something that I've been missing because I don't know when I'm going to be able to go back to the theater to watch anything. Um, that Hamilton was set at my local performing arts theater. It It is supposed to be part of this upcoming season. But, again, I don't – there's – I mean, there's so many people that had tickets – to the show in their towns and they haven't they weren't able to go see it because everything's shut down um so i do appreciate that this is now available on disney plus because a lot of people who maybe wouldn't have the opportunity to watch it um can now watch it um and without the live theater experience but this um what i really appreciate about this though is you have the original cast this is a taped um this, this is a taping of one of the like the last three shows the original cast did together in 2016, and so if you're like me and you have listened to the original Broadway cast recording over and over and over again, you get used to their voices, that vocal performance. And so for me, at least, seeing it, the two different companies that I saw, like Lin Lin Manuel Miranda has such a distinct voice, and so it's a little jarring at first to have someone come out on stage. And perform as Alexander Hamilton and not sound like him. I mean, you get over it. And these, of course, these actors and these touring companies are the best of the best in the forming arts. Um, but there is something being able to put the actual like faces of the original cast and their acting with the original Broadway cast recording, and it just made me appreciate it so much more. And I, I love the fact that with the way that they tape this, you know, you get close-ups of, like, Leslie Owen, Owen Jr.'s Aaron Burr. Like, you see, like, the furrowed brow, and you see him grow throughout the play just grow increasingly frustrated with Hamilton. And the, and the, what, the way that it was taped, like, it allows you to kind of, for me at least, to see things that I hadn't noticed in the live production kind of focusing on small things um, that I was like, oh, I, didn't, I don't remember that happening. That's really cool that I get to see this. Um, it made me appreciate the choreography by Andy Blankenbauer. And um, the standout, though, of the whole production is David Diggs. I don't know what your thoughts on that are, Paul. I know you said that you really love Jonathan Groff as King George. But David Diggs as, um, in the first act, Lafayette, and then in the second act, Thomas Jefferson, he is fantastic like i i see big things for him wait a second david diggs is was in hamilton oh he is fucking fantastic he is so fucking fantastic well i loved him in black blind spotting out of all of them if you've never seen blind spotting he's fantastic in that movie Mm -hmm. i don't yeah when i was he's yeah, when I was watching this, I'm like, dude, that's the guy from Blind Spot. I'm like, no, it can't be. This is, uh, mm-hmm. it's like, oh shit, that's the V Diggs. Oh, well, he's also he does he does rapping in the uh, Central Park um, animated show on uh, Apple TV Plus, and I was like, not digging that show until they actually started like with his character rapping in it. I was like, okay, now I'm getting into this show. This is actually really good. This is, I'm really enjoying this show. Like to be able, so again, like, and again with David Diggs, like I don't, no one's comparable to him. And so the two live productions that I saw, like, yes, those guys who played Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, they were good. But then to actually be able to see David Diggs, Mm -hmm. you know, as these characters performing it, like, so the song guns and ships, 
oh my god, he does this rap that is insane. And I just love the fact that I'm like, I am seeing to Diggs perform this song. Like, it is insane. He is so fucking talented. Like, to me, he is the absolute standout. And in the second act, he plays Thomas Jefferson, who is ultimately, like, the biggest foil. But he has just got this swagger as Jefferson. And he's the dick, right? Like, he's such a jerk. But the way Debbie Diggs plays him, you, can't, you don't hate him because he's so charming. Yeah. To be Diggs just has this stage presence. Like you cannot take your eyes off of him. And so I just I love that. So what happened with the fox? Okay, so all oh, the way they use the one in here is so no, good. So they so they got away with a fuck on Disney Plus? No, not re- it wasn't a real fuck though. It's, not it's a like a whole fuck. It's But the thing is but that's how it's read in the actual like thing like he doesn't actually finish he doesn't finish it he just kind of goes Fah. yeah it's so good so <laughs> didn't didn't lin Man, uh, lin uh manuel miranda how was it lin lin Man, lin manuel, lin manuel miranda. miranda didn't he say he was not going to compromise this for disney plus but like it has been compromised right or like yeah, am i yeah so fucks, they said. <laughs> they bl- so they so there's two and there's two parts um, where they actually used the word fuck. There's one in the song Yorktown or Hercules Mulligan says, I get the fuck back up. Now, that one wasn't at, like, they just kind of, I mean, it wasn't noticeable that that was, like, bleeped out. The one that I felt like that, if you were going to keep one of them, the one that they needed to keep was in the song Washington by Your Side. The line is, let's show these Federalists what we're up against. Southern motherfucking Democrat Republicans. But the way that, um, Leslie Adam Jr., to be Diggs, and um, Oak Anadawande, like the way that they do it, like they kind of shout it, like that last line, and it's so impactful in listening to the live recording. So that was the one that I was like, if you're going to keep any of them, that's the one you should have kept. So hmm. that was the only one that I found jarring. What if my, like, what if, what if PCL was limited to one fuck every episode? You guys oh wouldn't survive. You wouldn't God. have a podcast. <laughs> It would just be bleep, 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 bleep. I know. Oh, my God. I, I, I love, like, every once in a while when I got to check the iTunes reviews, just scrolling through and seeing the, the fucking, uh, the prudes that are just like, oh, the language, the language. Whatever. The language. Fuck, fuck, fuckity, fuck. Turn <laughs> <laughs> sure it. I, I so think, anyway, Paul, yeah. I, since this is the first time that, I don't know if you ever listened to the music or anything, but since this is the first time that you've seen it, I want to, I want to get your your fresh thoughts on it. So well, I didn't know anything about this. I mean, like I know it was this big popular thing. I've ever I've never heard one song before. Nothing like I knew it was, and I'm a huge fan of like an alternate history type of deal. So I knew like it was going to be a little bit different, just because predominantly almost all of the cast minus um, Jonathan Groff are all African American, you know, or or you know they're completely different ethnicity so i did that's all i knew going into it and i remember like i turned around I'm like okay like i'll probably be able to get some shit done while i'm watching this because it said it was like two hours and 45 minutes and i was glued to it the entire time i do i would love to see this in a theater like to really be hyped up into it but man like and you're so right about david diggs like in the second act when he's introduced as Thomas Jefferson, just the mm. way he's going about himself, like the whole crowd just erupted for him. 
Like that was mm-hmm. so like he he was that like I I think he was the best part of the show, but I did love the dude from Mindhunter as uh King George. But yeah, this was this was such a oh man, I I absolutely Tupperware this. This was so much fun to watch. Um I've never seen a musical like this where there's really no talking, it's just all singing. Like even the way they're talking and I wish all like political debates now would just be rap battles. Oh my god, the two cabinet battles were insane. I mean they they're they're rap battles. Yeah, that, like that's it reminds you awesome. of eight mile. <laughs> Very yeah. eight mile time. <laughs> like, oh we're gonna talk about like the national credit. Like we're gonna talk about like how we should do national spending. You two are gonna have a rap battle about it like fucking Thomas Jefferson <laughs> versus Alexander Hamilton a rap battle. It's really it's it's a really cool way to to give a historical event like a fun new context, so yeah, I definitely it's worth checking out on Disney Plus. I loved it. That's yeah, awesome. And, this and sounds I mean, awesome. When, like I want to, I want to. Part of me is like tempted to watch this, but I, I'm, I don't like typically watching musicals on a TV screen. I want to see it live. That's how I watched um, uh, the Book of Mormon. That's how I watched Spam a lot. That's how I've watched Wicked. I saw. All of those, you know, in, uh, you know, like a touring production that came into like, you know, Chicago or Peoria. And that's how I enjoyed those. Um, if, if I would like, if I were to watch like this on Disney Plus, I might not like it. And that's what has me worried is just, that's just how I am with musicals. I have to be in the theater. It's the, it's part of the experience for me. So I'm totally good um, that. But to be the one thing that. He is. He's actually the entire cast is great. So Brian, the one, the one thing that I think this actually sort of made me feel a little less apprehensive because when I heard about this, I was like, oh, I don't know, but because I'm like you, yeah, I'm like I like yeah. in terms of theater. It's there's something about that experience of watching it live, like with the audience around you, seeing it live on stage. But yeah, the director of the stage production directed this. So um, Thomas Kale was the director. Of both, yeah, the same, the um, original Broadway stage production, and then he also directed the live taping of it. Um, so, it, I, I mean, it's up to you. I, 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 I think you actually would enjoy this. But it sounds like, and it sounds thing- like Paul really enjoyed it. And having no, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, Paul. I don't know anything about it. I've never listened to one song, and it's because yeah, I've been, know. I've been, I've been trying to like, you know, I've been trying to be like a Hamilton virgin. I'm trying to keep my fucking, uh, you know, my Hamilton virginity. I don't want, <laughs> I, I don't want anything to pop my cherry on this one. You know what I mean? So. No, I get that. And I, I didn't, I didn't plan to watch it until, uh, June texted me last night and she's like, Oh, we're going to be on together. I'm like, Oh, she's going to talk about Hamilton. Like I, I should watch it, dude. Like I get where you're coming from. I think you should watch it. Okay. I, I think yeah. you'll enjoy it because the V digs and uh, John, like I, I yeah. mean, the, the main dude, Limit, he's he's awesome and his real. Life, I found out that's his real life wife that plays his wife and. Um, no, the actress who plays Eliza. No, that's not his real wife. Oh, I thought it was. No, I don't think so. What the fuck? There goes our podcast award. Yeah. No, um, we, we were about to win, Paul, and then you fucking ow. throw that shit out there. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> speaking of Lin Memo Miranda, though, what this does, like this whole thing, 
I am okay. So I've been obsessed with Hamilton since. Oh, I got the wrong. I mean, since 2016. Since 2016. I mean, I just been obsessed. I'd been waiting to see it, and I lucky my sister lives in Chicago, and she was able to get tickets for me to see it with her in 2017. But like, I have like the Hamilton. Like, there's a Hamilton book where it's the um, basically the script, like the entire like the the musical itself, like written out with like Lynn's notes, like in the margins. Um, so I mean, Lynn Miranda, he wrote the book. He wrote the lyrics and composed the music like he is insanely talented it's crazy especially he is so insanely talented and like for someone to take like there's a song when george washington decides he's stepping down from being president um, it's called one last time it's a song that will bring you to tears but oh. he actually like word for he takes parts like word for word from Washington's actual farewell dress and incorporates it into the musical. Hmm. And it's so organic though, and it just flows so brilliantly. And like I am in awe of Lynn Manuel Miranda, and he just is so talented. And he is all, just he himself as a person is just an awesome guy. Like I follow him on Facebook. He's just an amazing person. Like did you watch head, him on? Did my, you watch like, him on Best Friend? Like he's my make believe best friend. Like I want to be. <laughs> His best friend. You're psychotic. Um, have you? I know. I know. I know. I'm like obsessed. But like, I would just love to sit down with him and just talk about theater, anything. Like, he just is. Just his brain is always going. He and, was um, on that right now. He's working on a dis a new Disney um, animate. He's working on the music for a new Disney um, animated film. Well, and he wrote a lot of the music to Moana, which is fucking yes. awesome. Yep. Yeah, but Brian, it's so. He he's awesome in this, but again, like it's the V Diggs, dude. Like him and his little posse as Thomas Jefferson and the other guys, they're they're a fucking riot. They are so funny. Like it's just oh, just actually, like their reactions to everything is just so funny. So the actor who plays um in the first act, John Lawrence, um, Paul, and then in the second act, he plays um Hamilton's son. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Anthony Anthony Ramos. He was in A Star Is Born. Oh, okay. He's Lady Gaga's like best friend, the one that, um, the one that goes with her, like, yeah, like he's the best friend that um basically introduces her to Bradley Cooper's character. That was a great fucking movie. That's, such a, good That's a great movie. So yeah, one of the guys from Hamilton was in that movie. He yeah, it's the guy who played Lady Gaga's best friend. One in of that the movie. rare movies where I thought like the music was so good. When I saw it the first uh -huh. time, I was like, I want to see this in a theater that has better speakers where the music sounds even better. And so I went and I went, I went to the luxury seating that they had at the Goodrich and they have like these amazing speakers in this one. And it's Ooh, like, I that was great. yeah, so I'm sitting in like these luxury seats, like these poofy fucking like this recliner and they got amazing speakers. I love that fucking movie. Almost went and saw it a third time in the theater when they came out with like the, uh, the extended version, but I never, I never made it back to see that extended version in the theater. So, but yeah, stars. I can't watch that movie. I watched it, you know, I watched it in the theater and then it's been on HBO mm -hmm. and I watched it, but when it gets to the Grammy scene, yeah, stop it. I know I stopped watching it because it's just too fucking sad after that. I always wonder what Bradley Cooper's character smells like. 
gonna call NASA. I gotta gotta get that candle made. No, I would. I, I would. If if it was a cologne, I would want to smell like like that musky smell that he's putting off. I, I guarantee he smells good. I guarantee as he smells Jackson Maine. Yeah, as Jackson Maine. I guarantee scent uh, OD Jackson Maine. Whatever scent he's putting out there to Lady Gaga and everybody else. I bet it's amazing. I don't know. I bet like it's like fucking like, you know, like uh I don't know. Just like a pinch of old spice, some mahogany. <laughs> and then I just a just a dash of motor oil. In there, just a little bit of tobacco in there. Now. Yeah, yeah, tobacco, tobacco straight to like uh, fucking yeah, like to like like, like pipe like, tobacco, pipe tobacco. Oh, like pipe tobacco. You nailed yeah, that's, it. That's what yeah. I meant. You Ooh. fucking nailed it. You didn't yeah. clar- you didn't clarify like June, so I'm gonna go with June on this one, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I told, yeah, I think yeah. you're trying to He's ride the back. To. You're trying, to, trying ri- to ride shit. You're trying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just said he takes a marble red and just rubs it on his chest. Oh man, I would. <laughs> you. I would, yeah, I just, I want to, like, I, he's the kind, like, I would, like, you know, if I was, if I was a woman and I was with, I was dating Jackson Maine, like, I would wake up every morning and, like, want to, like, wear his flannels. I would, I would lay in bed. Absolutely. I would lay in bed. Yes, I would lay in bed and wear his flannels just so I could smell him all day when he had to go and do a concert. Next to the Labradoodle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh yeah, my but God. I can't watch that movie past. Like, I, I think I, I have. I've been watching I, it a couple times. That I, Grammy scene, though, the minute yeah. that Grammy scene hits, I go, yep, and this is when it gets super sad and terrible, and I can't. I just think I have super latent homosexual feelings towards Jackson Maine. <laughs> Am I coming out on this episode? <laughs> I have no idea. Is that, is that what's happening here? I don't know. I'm totally kidding. I just, hey, you know what? Bradley Cooper is a beautiful fucking man. He is man, a so. sexy man. He is God, a very sexy Bradley man. Cooper. I just want to roll around in all of his flannels. Me too. Um, yeah. Oh God. Yes. Firing up to fight for the affection of Bradley Cooper. I have a battle, uh, a rap battle, a la Hamilton. Oh, those are that, that's like, and I know Brian's a fan of like the altered history type of stuff, and not that a lot of this is altered, mm-hmm. but just like, just like, I mean, whoever would have thought to like, yeah, like let's make a debate, a fucking rap battle, and have like all the senators around him like kind of like cheering him on and doing like the ooh and they're like mic dropping like yeah that's that's a lot of fun i like how you guys are trying to rein me back into this hamilton thing when i was basically getting to the point <laughs> where i wanted to fuck I bradley to cool cooper off, man yeah i was trying to, trying to be the equivalent of i think you guys are shower. scared about me talking about how much i want to fuck bradley cooper right now <laughs> <laughs> but no because then that's like competition for me and so like i need to i need you to Back off, Brian. My man. No, I want to fuck. Yeah, I don't want to put the middle of it either. I want to bang Bradley Cooper in the pooper. I'm telling you. It's, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Podcastawards.com, everybody. Um, yep. Film, TV, people's choice. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, Unsolved Mysteries dropped on Netflix on uh, July 1st. Uh, this is the uh, reboot to the Unsolved Mysteries that uh, we knew. Uh, back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, and on into the 2000s when uh, it was hosted by Robert Stack. And then uh, once Robert Stack passed away, they had, what was his name? Farino. Dennis Farino. Dennis Farino. Dennis Farino. Yeah, he wasn't good. He filled in. 
Uh, immersive, character-driven stories are rooted in the experiences of, of ordinary people who have lived the unthinkable. Families, detectives, and journalists hope viewers hold the clues to solving these mysteries. Maybe you can help solve a mystery. Remember that? Remember Robert Stack would uh-huh. put that on you at the end uh-huh. of the uh, at the end of the episode. He'd be like, "Maybe you." He was like McGruff the crime dog, but he was like a. <laughs> <laughs> but he, you know, you he, can Yeah, yeah. Maybe you, you can take a bite out of crime, and it was like. But this time it's Robert Stack, and he's like, "You can uh, help solve a mystery here." And uh, I watched two episodes of this, um, and I didn't watch them in order. I just was like, oh, "I want to see this one, and I want to see this one." I don't know which episodes you got. You use guys. I sounded like a fucking night. <laughs> I don't know what episode you guys watched. I sound like a fucking like 1930s gangster there. I don't know what yeah. episode you guys watched, but I want. Take me live, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. See, um, see. see? <laughs> uh, I watched uh, the Berkshire's UFO episode, and then I watched the uh, House of Terror. So I watched the the UFO episode, uh, the episode that happened in. Uh, Massachusetts and people talking about the uh their they recall their baffling terrifying experiences with a UFO on the night of September 1st 1969. Did any of you got did you watch the UFO one? I watched the UFO one. That's a fucking fast car going by. I watched the UFO one. I watched the uh, one with the family found underneath the house. Oh my god, the House of Terror. I watched that one too. Yeah, and then I watched the first two. So, like, ah, what the fuck was the first one? The oh, the first, first one that's was, what I watched. That was the guy that supposedly committed suicide off the Belvedere Hotel, and the second one was the hairdresser. Yeah, okay. I watched the first one. The um, what about the Baltimore? The guy in Baltimore at the Belvedere Hotel. What did uh, What did you think, June? It, you know, it's hard because. I mean, I, I miss, you know, Robert Stack as the host, right? Like that, for me, Unsolved Mysteries, Robert Stack, like that, that always seems to be like one and the same. Right. And so it's hard yeah. to not have him, you know, hosting. Yeah. And then, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of miss the really terrible, cheesy reenactments. Yes. I mean, it this kind of felt very more Dateline 2020, like had more of that kind of vibe. I um, always thought that the reenactments on... Unsolved mysteries were really good. <laughs> I liked them. I missed them. That's what I'm saying. I missed them. Matthew McConaughey was in like one of them. I, I remember that episode. I remember that episode very well. Mm-hmm. He was he was mowing the lawn with, yes. his, with his shirt off, and <laughs> there was a guy that was talking to some children that he noticed in the road, and he noticed that this guy. Had no fucking pants on. This guy should have been on To Catch a Predator with Chris Hansen. He had no fucking pants on. He's talking to children with his fucking dingling hanging out. And he's like, what the fuck is going on here? Why is this guy with his fucking penis hanging out, no pants on, talking to these children? And he goes over there to fucking find out what the fuck's going on and get this guy back in his truck and get him on his way. And this guy goes into his truck and pulls out a shotgun and shoots Matthew McConaughey. Oh my god! And it, oh god, it's a fucked, it's a fucked up unsolved mysteries episode. It's a fucked up one. Oh my it, god! It, it's those reenactments that I missed, though. So I mean, I'll give this. You know, I will give it a, a taste. It. Um, this is one to 
the stories themselves are interesting, you know. So, yeah. I mean, that itself, like, you know, it, it's good to have on, like, in the background kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, I do, I definitely miss the um, the old, you know, kind of classic Unsolved Mysteries. Paul? Yeah, um, I'm going to give it a taste because I remember just being, I was real little, I was younger when, when the original one was out, and I remember my dad loving them and, just that Robert Stack scaring the fuck out of me with that music. And if my memory, like I just remember there being more kind of outlandish stories almost taken from like a National Enquirer magazine. Mm. And I feel like, especially the first two, like it felt like, yeah, Investigation Discovery does like, it was more just true crime type of stuff. They Mm -hmm. just don't know. Like, I feel like we get a lot of that today with all these new true crime shows and stuff. But, like, when I watched the UFO, I'm like, all right, this is kind of what I remember. Like, they're dealing with, like, kind of, like, the supernatural type yeah. of stuff. Dude, I used to go to the fucking video store, and they had uh, they had the VHS tapes of Unsolved Mysteries, and they had, like, the different, to- like, the different topics, like, you know, missing, people that have gone missing. And then they had uh, Paranormal. And then they had UFOs. Oh, so they did. Okay, so it was like they definitely had a mix of like more kind of supernatural type yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Oh, they had it. Yeah, on the show. Yeah, and like I, the missing persons one was a that was like a big one. I remember, but I was reading an article about the reboot, and they said you know those kind of stories we're not going to see a lot of because now, I mean, with the way technology is, and with like ancestry, you know, ancestry, and like what is it the all those DNA like tests and stuff like mm-hmm. it's made easier like so those are not you don't have as many like missing persons mysteries anymore but those were big in the 80s like missing people missing children especially like on the side of the milk carton you know oh god did you ever see the unsolved mysteries where they talked about the girl she was a model and an actor she was actually in the movie scarface and she fucking just went missing and nobody like to this day nobody knows what the fuck happened to her I think I probably did. I used to remember the ones that scared me the most as a kid were the ones about, like, kidnappings. Yes. And, like, missing people. Those were the ones that terrified me the most. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys... Oh, sorry. You should be, sir. Fucking goddammit. I will accept your apology, and I will move... (laughs) I will will move forward with what I was going to say. Because, yeah... No, what were you going to say, Paul? No, I was going to say, like, one thing that the UFO episode did for me was it made me go back and revisit one of my favorite movies from way back in the day. It was called Fire in the Sky. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, the guys oh, out in the man. on the fucking the woods and the mountains and shit that fucking said they got abducted. Yeah, it takes a sharp turn, man, because at first you think it's just going to be a movie about people not believing them, but then... The whole scene comes of actually the aliens abducting them, and it's it's pretty fucking ter- like horrific. It's yeah, yeah. That yeah. that I, the UFO one in this one was pretty fucking wild. Um, it was crazy. I, yeah, it was insane. I liked it. I thought the production value was pretty good. They got the same music. Uh, of course, we can't have Robert Stack. He passed away, but like they show his like shadow. Mm-hmm. In the opening credits, like when you see the before you see the logo. You see Robert Stack, so they pay homage to him. I think it all really comes down to kind of like which story you're, you're watching. I still think like, I still think like 
the production value is really good on it. They don't do like the they do reenactments, but they're not having like actors act out like dialogue like they used to at least in the ones that i watched so i do miss kind of like back in the day when you'd have like actors like reenacting you know like um mm-hmm. the dialogue and stuff like that of what they believed happened i still like it quite a bit though and I, I this is something that i want to continue to watch i hope that they continue to make more of these and they still direct you to go to unsolved.com which is that website mm-hmm. has still been running ever since the show ended oh they've I, apparently gotten tips they've gotten tips this week that's like, awesome this aired on a uh, thursday i was i was, re- I was just doing some research on this for tonight's show and um yeah, they've gotten they've already gotten some tips on a couple of the episodes. Um, so apparently, so they there's six right now on Netflix. They're dropping more. Six, yeah, six more later this year. Yeah, so we'll get six more. I'm gonna give it a high taste. It from the two that I've seen. I don't know. I think it just depends on which stories you watch. But oh god, yeah, um, the girl that went missing from Scarface, Tammy Lynn Leppert. If you can find that episode of Unsolved Mysteries, it's fucking nuts. It's fucking crazy. Anyway. Yeah, I was just hoping they would have had more of like the more sensational type of ones. Like, like give me more of the UFO ones because I felt at least the first two I watched could have been seen like on Investigation Discovery or something. Yeah, like the original series, like you'd get like three or four things that they'd talk about in the episode, and like this right. is like and this just, one is yeah. one. It's one incident yeah. for the entire hour. Yeah, I, I still think it's like it's not without like value. I think like. It still sticks true to like what Unsolved Mysteries is. They're actually trying to find out what happened here. You know, right. they, they direct you yeah. to go to the website if you have any tips and like, so, but yeah, I like it. I'm going to stick with it. I don't know. It's, I, nothing can compare to like the original. Like, no, nothing yeah. can. I get it. And, but um and I hope they they do need to work on the reenactments. They need to up I think the production value is fine, but I think that they do need to hire some actors to come in there and act stuff out. And yeah. And I like this and I mean, I feel like with this kind of format, you're kind of like missing like I miss those stories of like, you know, uh lost loves where like people like family members, they haven't, you know, like they were adopted and, or, you know, I mean, like, you know, their parents died and they, they were kids were, you know, these young kids were in a home together and they were siblings and then they got split up and they haven't seen their sister, their siblings in like, you know, 20, 30 years. I, and, and when they always reunited those people on the show, I was just like, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. And it's very sweet. Yeah. And it's like, I, like, are we going to get that kind of stuff or is it going to be more kind of like, just like, oh, we're going to get UFO stories. We're going to get paranormal stuff. You know, I miss some of the old segments that they did on, and I don't know if you can do that on Netflix like you could do on a weekly TV series. You know what I mean? Like, cause like, you could, you would watch an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, and then the very next week, they might have caught that motherfucker that murdered that person, and you'd get an update, and I don't, like, are we gonna get, like, I hope that we get updates like we used to back in the day, like if something, transpires from any of these episodes that they've been, you know, running on Netflix. I hope we get updates going forward. So I think you get updates because I think there is like an unsolved mysteries like on the Netflix website, the series page. Mm -hmm. Maybe I think that they like I think that's where they direct you to like um, there's like a website I think that they direct you to 
free, like fuck free that. I'm not going to go to the fucking website every fucking week to see if they caught this motherfucker. <laughs> I got other shit to do. Well, just by the way they were quick to get out um, the Joel McHale Tiger King thing, not too long after, I'm yeah. sure they could do a quick one like that. Oh for yeah, update. like a recap or I'm sorry, a, uh, but like what's happened since. I don't think anybody gives a fuck about Tiger King anymore. Not yeah. one person. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if they got Kristen Wiig. I don't care if they got fucking Bradley Cooper as Jackson Maine in fucking Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Yeah, I, that was. I watched um, Making Apes, the artists who changed film on Amazon Prime Video. I'm a huge fan of Planet of the Apes. Huge fan of, like, the original movies. Um, not a fan of the Tim Burton movie. Um, I'm a fan of the new, you know, the the new trilogy that came out. Uh, Matt Reeves doing the, the last two of the trilogy. Um, but um, Making Apes is about, like, the original movies, and it tells the emotional and thrilling story of how 50 years ago a group of ambitious makeup artists led by John Chambers and Tom Berman ushered in a new era of cinema with their groundbreaking working on Planet of the Apes. The movie came out in 1968, and it was... Like, it was kind of like in production hell for a long time. They didn't know if this was going to get made. And uh, it, they, they knew they had to make it once they got Charlton Heston signed on to this thing. Once they got Charlton Heston, Rod Serling had, like, written the screenplay for this. So it was basically, like, Rod Serling from The Twilight Zone. And they knew that they had something here. It was kind of like just like an extended Twilight Zone episode where, with this huge reveal at the end, you know. And... um I don't, have either of you ever seen the original? Yes. Yes. I love this movie so much. And I, like, after that, I watched it, of course, I watched Beneath the Planet of the Apes and then, you know, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes and, and all, I've watched them all, even down to the, you know, the, the TV series. And I'm a huge fan. This gets into, like, it, it talks, uh, a, you get a ton of the behind the scenes, like footage on this one. They talked about how like when they would put on the makeup, how long it would take and how the actors would not be able to eat. It was hard to, they could eat, but like there was one actor that was eating and when they were recording, like when they were filming his bottom jaw, like he had to open his mouth really wide. It was a gorilla and he, opened his mouth really wide and it just like the, his bottom jaw just like came loose and fell apart and they saw a bunch of peas had fallen <laughs> down in there it's like it was really hard for them to eat so all, all this food was getting caught in like the prosthetics that they put on him so like th- from that day forward they made the actors shakes they they basically they had to eat you know with straws and and they would they would drink shakes in order to get like their their food (laughs) and oh my god there was one day they went out to shoot and they had forgotten to bring the straws and so the actors were not going to be able to eat and they said that charlton heston ran all along the beach back to like where the straws were and then ran the straws back for all the actors and like they were just like that's just the kind of kind of that's the kind of guy he was 
And I was just like, oh my god, big fucking actor Charlton Heston, fucking like Ten Commandments Charlton Heston. I was like, that's fucking awesome. And they had interviews with, you know, um, Tom Berman and some of the other artists and some of the people that acted in the movies. Um, some old footage of Roddy McDowell talking about, you know, his time on it. And then John Landis was talking about his love for Planet of the Apes and how he was actually um, an extra. They they made him an extra in one of the movies. You know, and I, I, if you're a Planet of the Apes fan, you've got to watch this. It's called Making Apes, The Artists Who Changed Film. It's on Amazon Prime Video, and you can watch this. It came out last year, and it's fucking, it's fantastic. I loved it. I Tupperware. I thought it was so great. I was so happy that I saw this pop up on Amazon. Is It just does a great job, I think. Like, once you start watching things, I think Amazon actually is starting to do a really good job for at least for me of like suggesting things that i would like and it suggested this and i watched it and i was just enthralled the entire fucking time loved it so good sounds awesome highly recommend they basically gave like they, they they created a new category of like you know best makeup artists in film because of this fucking movie and how it changed film Oh, it. that's, yeah. It's fucking incredible. Hey, Paul. I'm surprised. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, I'm surprised they haven't created a category for, like, mocap. Oh, it, it'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah. It'll happen. It'll happen. I, I 100%. I think that'll happen. I, if something's or voice gonna... acting, even. Or, like, voice acting, too. Like, that. They created a category pronounce. for us to win for People's Choice and TV and film. TV and film. And it it's not going to happen. We are yeah, not. I mean, like you said, like this because of this movie. Like this, by now, we have like that category at the you know at the Academy Awards and right. just looking, I'm just thinking now though, especially with like the newest Planet of the Apes, the um, the one with Andy Serkis. Though, like I thought some of like that because he did the mocap for us. Caesar, I thought he was great. I think we. Those, do, I, um, yeah, I think we got to get more. We gotta get more people doing it. That, that, you know what I mean? That, we gotta really make it a competition. Cause like, who is it right now? You know what I mean? Like, who is it? It's besides a- Andy Serkis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who is it besides Andy Serkis? Yeah. You know, it I guess. Makes me sad, you can though, throw, but... you can throw Mark Ruffalo in there for like the Hulk, you know, in Endgame. But oh, like, yeah. this mm-hmm. is, we've gotta have more of this. We've gotta have more, we've gotta have more people doing the mocap stuff. You know? It's just becoming such a lost art though, just costume design and, like especially like for the apes and even set design, it's just all that's being replaced by CGI. It is, and they—that's like a big topic in this documentary. Is like they were asking like these different makeup artists, "Do you think that it's that? Do you think this is the death of of makeup artists?" And they're like, "Yeah, mm. CGI is going to yeah. be the death of us." And some of them are like, Ugh. "No, we're always going to need it. We're always going to need it." I was thinking to myself. The original Planet of the Apes movies for me are so beloved, and I, I do, I love the makeup designs that they did on them. I was thinking now that Disney owns the Fox Library, Disney owns Planet of the Apes, I think it's like these, they're talking about doing like a new movie, going into like a new trilogy or whatever. I honestly think as a throwback, they should have a Disney Plus show and have 
have it look like the old Planet of the Apes movies where they give them like fucking cool. That's a great idea. They've done it with the comic books. There's a comic book called Planet of the Apes Cataclysm where they make, I mean, the art is done in the style of the old movies and the story is fantastic. There's an amazing twist in the first uh, issue of Cataclysm. Um, and it's adaptable to, to like a TV series. I, you could totally do a TV series, and you could come up with new stories. I think you. I honestly think that that you know going back into that world would be a lot of fun. I, I, I mean, you know, look at look at how like the Mandalorian has really like reinjected new life into Star Wars fans. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and I think like you know, for, for honestly, I think I think you could set a Planet of the Apes. TV series and make it look like, you know, give the give the Planet of the Apes like their homes and stuff like that, the architectural look that you had in the original movie, make the makeup look like it did in the original movie and and I think I think you could have a fun series if you got the right people. If you had like your John Favreau, a guy that loved that original series as much as like John Favreau and, and Dave Filoni loved Star Wars. And trust me, there are people out there, they talked about these people that go to these fucking Planet of the Apes conventions, and they do, they make their own costumes. There's still a demand, there's still a love for those old characters, Dr. Zaius and all. I mean, people love Planet of the Apes. I, I, I love it. I remember the first time I watched it with my dad, like, I wasn't spoiled on the ending, and uh, I was a child, and I watched it with my dad. It wasn't spoiled on the ending, and I was like, "This is fucking brilliant! What an ending!" And it, like now that I know that it's like Rod Serling that was behind that, it is just like a very long, stretched out episode of The Twilight Zone. Yeah. Ah, uh, it's so good. Metamorphosis on Shutter, Paul. Did you watch it? <laughs> I did watch it. Yeah, in this oh. fresh spin on a demonic possession story, Jung Su, an exorcist, must face a demon he tragically failed to defeat in the past when it targets his brother's family next. Uh, this is like this is like uh, those stories where it's like you know the. You weren't able to defeat something the first time. Like a boxer wasn't able to stop like this, you know, like a, like a, like a, another boxer, like, I don't know, like a shark like that got Rocky away. Rocky three, man. Yeah, like Rocky three or like a shark fucking like, like the shark fucking like killed somebody or bit off a, your arm and then like, you, now you're like hunting it or something. Like this is, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Podcast, podcastawards.com people. Um, but the demon assumes the form of, a, of different family members to sow confusion and distrust, destroying the unit from within. With his loved ones in peril, Jung Su must face the demon again at the risk of his own life. Starring Bae Sung Wu, Song Dong, Jang uh, Young Nam, and it's directed by Hong Seon Kim. And this is a Shutter original. It's a all Korean cast. This is a Korean um, kind of like demon possession film. I've really been impressed with uh, Asian horror. Uh, over the past 20 years, I've, I, I think like my first exposure really to it was when I rented a VHS of, uh, The Eye years ago and it terrified the shit out of me. The Eye, not the Jessica Alba bullshit, but the original, um, The Eye. And it terrified the shit out of me. Then I really got into like, you know, fucking Train to Busan 
and then, uh, you know, one cut of the dead and a lot of this, uh, you know, Asian uh, whore uh, and, and, and primarily uh, the, the Korean stuff that's been coming out, the South Korean stuff that's been coming out. It's been fantastic. And then we got metamorphosis here. Um, Paul, I'm just going to say, I think this had a lot of promise. And there's a lot that I really did enjoy in this movie. But as a whole, I think it has problems. Mm-hmm. But I still think that it, I, I'm glad that I did watch it. I'm going to give it a taste it overall. What did you think about Metamorphosis? I am I'm right there with you. I'm not a huge horror guy, like especially like the whole demon stuff. I just kind of tend to stay away from that because that shit just terrifies me. I laugh at the Bill Pax and Ouija board joke, but I'm sure I'll have a nightmare about it tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, like I like just this definitely left me well. Like I wanted more. I wanted to know more about the uncle and the family. Like I wanted more. I wanted more of that kind of drama. Like I thought, like the body horror stuff was crazy. I did. I thought the actors did a great job when confronted by the demon. Mm, mm-hmm. um, oh my god, the fucking hammer scene and yeah, stepping on the fucking shard of glass. It oh. turned into very like it was almost like every member of the family turned into like Jack Nicholson and The Shining there for a moment. Yeah. All right. So now here's my question: Was it just? Was it able to possess bodies, or was it actually able to like shape shift into them? Because- Thank you. Thank you. It was it, because that was confusing for me because yeah. at the beginning of the movie, we're introduced to the girl that's possessed, and it did possess her. But in this, like, we see it tur- just basically turning into like, the father and then like uh, uh, he the the demon would walk away and then the uh and go into a different room and then the father would come up the stairs and be like why is everybody scared of me oh it's because moments ago there was a demon that looked just like you that was attacking your children that's why your kids are terrified of you right now but that's what that's what i thought was kind of confusing because at the beginning of the movie we've got um Jung Su and he's basically like trying to exercise the demon out of this young girl but and then the the girl ends up dying uh the and she's like the host of this demon she ends up dying and then the demon wages war on Jung Su and his entire family and it's like well the demon physically possessed her body used her body as a vessel in this but later on in the movie it's not possessing people. It's just physically turning into them. Well, yeah. It was weird. When, when the fucking uncle gets in the car accident, like, you find out that the demon yes. is completely in the house and he's, like, fucking seven miles away. Right, right. Like I And, and like, I wish we would have got more with the neighbor because that was kind of interesting at yeah. first. And then, yeah. They they drop just, that. They drop the ball on that too. So quickly, yeah, and like 
one of the daughters and just they don't realize she's missing during all the big parts like go fucking look for your daughter right everybody's everybody's there as they're performing the exorcism on the other daughter but like your other daughter is completely missing from this whole thing like where the fuck is she realize it right yeah there no one's mentions mentioning where she's at yeah, no. th- yeah, you're right. You're pointing out so many different problems that I, I was actually aware of when I was watching the movie. And oh god, I. But I think there's there's still a lot, there's so much promise in this if you just work out some of those fucking if you iron out some of those things. Well, and I think if I think the dad did a, I, th- I think a lot of the acting was pretty awesome. Yeah. I think the dad did a great fucking job. Oh, and uh, then the mom yelling at the kid about oh the food. Oh, God. Oh, the breakfast scene? The Fuck breakfast that. scene. There's a, there's a part in this movie where the mother has made breakfast for the entire family, and she's just kind of like... It's like she's there, but she's not there. She's just frantically cutting vegetables and putting this food together. And then the kid's like, I think the food, the, the food's a little too salty. And yeah, then oh, the fuck. mother just starts to tear into this kid, like yell at him. Like her whole face changes. She's gritting her teeth and yelling and screaming at him and just saying the worst things to him ever. And the kid starts crying. The kid's reacting like, like and the kids' reactions are like legit, you know. Oh yeah, crying right away. Yeah, yeah it's it's intense. Dad's kind of being a pusshole and not standing up and saying anything. Dad's kind of being. Well, Dad was a pusshole a couple times. He was too afraid to go yell at the neighbor. Yeah, he was a pusshole, dude. I don't know that neighbor's house was fucked up though, right? Dude, how do you change it so fast? <laughs> <laughs> that was the demon too. I think that was like some. Yeah, I don't know, man. There's a lot of inconsistencies with this movie. I think it's definitely worth a watch, though. But I don't think it's like worthy of like, oh, let's get spinoffs and and all this other no, shit. No. Yeah, no, no. But, but it definitely like like the parts that work work, mm-hmm. and that comes like just from. I mean, there's a lot of time in horror movies where a lot of like the build up kind of builds up, builds up. This movie just jumps right into it, like when the dad is possessed and he's like what the fuck are you saying about me and he like legit tries to kill them with a box cutter and what kid has a box cutter in a cup of pencils on their desk yeah what the fuck <laughs> I was like that's a weird thing to have with your fucking school accessories yeah, and he was sure. going for the throat shot dude he, was, he wasn't fucking around yeah and then he fucking like Chris Hansen should have showed up when he was fucking pulling the sheets down on his daughter Oh my god, dude! I I almost fast forward that shit. Yeah, that was disturbing. That was really weird, and uh, why? Yeah, but <laughs> Chris Hansen. Can you imagine he just pops up in this movie like, "Whoa, this took a turn." What the fuck? I mean, like this whole week, I just watched a <laughs> bunch of rapey shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? It's not like I go out of my way to fucking watch rapey shit. And fuck, it's disturbing as fuck. But this week was just like the week of rapey shit. Yeah, thank God nothing happened. It, it got close. It, it yeah. got, but the part just the the, the mom stepping on the glass. Oof. The mom stepping on the glass. Fuck. What the fuck? That was terrible. <laughs> that that was yeah. absolutely terrible. And the fucking God, the fucking like they never get into the ravens or whatever the fuck those were. Yeah, what the fuck was that about? And the CGI on those looked like shit. Oh, it was terrible. It was yeah. Terrible. And they didn't build up like, 
Like, at, at first, I thought, like, it was a cabin in the woods type of shit because all of a sudden you're, like, with all these pastors and they literally have, like, video surveillance of the house. I'm like, whoa, what the – like, and then, and then all of a sudden there's a throwaway line, like, 20 minutes later, like, yeah, like, I – I put cameras up. You didn't know, but oh, that's mm-hmm. why they're able to see inside th- the house. Do you th- aren't, okay? Hold on. Do you think we sold anybody on watching this? No, absolutely not. Do, I, 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 yeah, it's. I don't think like anybody listening to this is just like, oh, I, I keep going back to what Brian said. Like, go ahead and watch it. But I don't think like I'm like really portraying. Like, I'm not. I'm not kind of like. Uh, I, I don't I think, think that's ninety percent me. <laughs> You oh dude you no you've done a bang up job of pointing out every fault in this movie. <laughs> like seriously, seriously, you you remind me of my ex wife critiquing every fucked up thing I've ever did. Oh yeah, I remind me of my ex wife too. It's like oh my god, and it's like it's like one of those things where it's like oh I'm gonna get her in this argument, I'm gonna get her in this one, and it's like oh my Whoa. god, what the fuck well, she's feel- pulling that shit out? Oh my god. I feel now. Now I feel bad for making fun of June about um, <laughs> about desperados and, and yeah. being so te- like I, I'm, I'm juning the shit out of Metamorphosis. Getting into an argument with my ex-wife and her winning all the time. It was almost like she had that fucking like that that Uno card that the the you know what I mean that the perfect what was that Uno card that just like fucked everybody up. It was like the, the ultimate. Wild- oh, the draw four. The draw, the draw four, four or the wild card. She always had one of those on her at all times. Oh, okay. At all yeah. times. Like, it didn't matter. Like, you might think you have the upper hand, and then she's pulling out that fucking draw four card. And it's like, yeah, what the and fuck? I, like, when you think you got her. Like, yeah. Like, you say something, and then, like, you get the little smirk. You're like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck the draw four card. Like, oh, no. Here, here it comes. Yeah, I'm sleeping <laughs> on the couch tonight. I feel like our ex-wives would probably get along. Probably. <laughs> no shit. That's crazy. Podcastwords.com. <laughs> 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 I bet, you know what, they're, I bet they do a fucking podcast together and it's going to beat us. Oh, God. Ooh, that would oh, be a man. kick in the nuts right there. Oh, my God, that would be fucked up. My ex-wife, that can't happen. My ex-wife and oh, Paul's ex-wife. God. Fucking no, do a podcast together and terrible. they fu- they fucking beat us. No, in, in TV and film oh. and, and People's Choice. <laughs> that would, that would suck, you guys. I, I would not wish that upon you. That's ah, terrible. Oh, Reunited Apart. Did you guys watch the new Reunited Apart? Ferris yes. Bueller. Yes. I love Ferris Bueller. It's one of my favorite John Hughes <laughs> movies. And, That's my favorite John Hughes movie. Is it? That's awesome. Yes. What did you think? I mean that. What did you think it just, about that? It never reinforced it watching this. I mean, I'll let you proceed, but like, I, cause you asked the question last week. Yeah. Um, best John Hughes movie. And you know, like, um, I think Stephanie said pretty in pink. I forgot what Chris said. Um, but for me, like, yeah, Ferris Bueller, hands down, best John Hughes film. I, I mean, I think, I don't know. Fer, I think Ferris Bueller was like the first John Hughes movie that I like as a kid that I loved. I think like as the, the, the older I get, I think like, the, I think I love, I think it's the breakfast club for me. I just think yeah. like, that's like very the, close second for me. That's, that's like my, like yeah. immediate, like right after. I just think he took like all of like, he's like, you know, I've tackled this, I've done this. I'm going to take all these different type of like teenage archetypes and put them together in the same movie. 
in in detention. I just thought it was so brilliant. And then like yeah, I yeah. think like he he like he actually got fucking like kind of like raw and gritty with a fucking you know the Jonathan Bender character. Like oh he, yeah, he, you know. So I don't know. I but fucking Ferris Bueller is a great fucking movie. I loved Ferris Bueller growing up. I thought Matthew Broderick as Ferris Bueller was so fucking cool. And this, I, you, you, you notice who they didn't bring back for this one? The principal. I wonder why. The principal. <laughs> yeah. Was it Mr. Rooney? Didn't he get in trouble for like pedophile shit? Big time. Yeah. Big yeah. Time. Even after he got in trouble for that shit, he still got a role on Deadwood though, right? Yeah. He was on Deadwood, but he wasn't in the movie, right? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think that was right around the time of Deadwood. Yeah, he, gosh, too bad he didn't have Deadwood when he was fucking trying to hit on younger women. <laughs> yeah, him fucking Gary Glitter, son of a bitch. Ugh. They also didn't bring in Charlie Sheen either, so. Charlie Sheen, I, I, they, do you think what? that they reached out to Charlie Sheen? No, absolutely not. Huh. I hate to, like, I, I hate to, but I've, I've been watching the Goldbergs, and they do a whole parody of Ferris Bueller and at the end Charlie Sheen he plays the same character oh really okay. yeah I think he would do it so he would have done it if they asked they totally. I highly doubt they asked wow yeah this Goldberg's He's so toxic episode, this Goldberg's episode was maybe three or four years ago too so it was after all of the tiger blood shit yeah yeah, I, I I loved the episode. I thought it was great seeing everybody all together. You know, seeing they had Ben Stein who played the you know oh, Bueller yeah. Bueller something D O O economics voodoo economics. I love that. I love everything about this. They even had like Christy Swanson show up and read her lines at the end in the mm-hmm. credits. Um, I love I G, fucking Jennifer Grey. You know, this is like, you know, before I this is before Dirty Dancing. But like Oh my god, she looks so different now. She, she got that nose job. I know. So much work done, yeah. I know. I'm I just miss the old Jennifer Grey. You mean but, um Mrs. Agent Colson? She's Clark Gregg's wife. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've been married for a while. Like, Did you know years. that the actor Lyman Ward, who played Ferris Bueller's father, and the actor Cindy Pickett, who played Ferris Bueller's mother, met on the set of Ferris Bueller, started dating each other, and got married? Oh, I love that. Aww. And then they got divorced in 1992, Paul. <laughs> Oh, you just specifically say that. To me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's sweet up until that point, until but you know, up until then, it's sweet. Yeah. Oh, maybe she'll special guest on our ex wife. Oh, you guys, stop it! Okay, guys, that's like so sad. Do not talk. Okay, no more talk about ex wife podcast. That's so sad. <laughs> Like that's super sad. Like the name of their podcast would be like reunited and happy or something. Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. terrible. Yeah, D- divorced and loving life. <laughs> 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 oh, 
the fucking awards too. God. And then, yeah, and then they win the award and get all the recognition. <laughs> and you know what? They didn't talk about how space smelled. They didn't talk about mayonnaise ice cream. None of that. No. I I spend the whole week scouring the internet trying to bring things that we could talk about. Interesting things. <laughs> you know? How many podcasts are touching on how space smells this week? I don't, no one. I don't think any. None. That's what makes you unique and special. I know. That's the, yeah, that's the flavor that I bring <laughs> every week. <laughs> mm. I, uh, uh, um, what did you guys think of the pitch from uh, Jake Gyllenhaal? Oh, and you mean Josh Gad's pitch? I love oh, that. Yeah, I love that. Jo- and Josh, Josh Gad's head cannon, his fantasy head cannon. Jake Gyllenhaal is Ferris Bueller's son, but he's too old. I know. Oh, yeah, he's totally yeah. too old. Yeah. You know, I just did think you it's hilarious? Did you ever watch the Ferris Bueller TV series that lasted one season? Oh no! Terrible. They had a blonde. Sure. They had a blonde kid playing Ferris Bueller on the show. <laughs> He looked more like Zach Morris than fucking Ferris Bueller. Yeah. I'm sorry. Nobody is a, nobody's Ferris except for fucking Matthew Broderick. And Matthew Broderick. He was charming in this. Like, he was. I think he's, he was so, I think they all had, you could tell, they all had so much fun doing this. They all had so much fun, like, reminiscing and. Yeah. There's just a lot of heart. Ben Stein. Ben Stein has such a love for this movie. Oh, after totally. All years. Yeah, he was just so thrilled to be in it. The girl, the the woman that played Sloane, you know, Ferris's girlfriend in this. Mm-hmm. She kind of sounded a little bit slighted at like Matthew Broderick and the dude that played Cameron for like not talking to her. Like it sounded like they had not talked to her in years. Yeah. Yeah, I got that feeling too. Yeah, and they, it kind of, that felt like it kind of got cut a little short. He's like, "Oh, I saw you in Soho," and she's like, "Well, you didn't talk to me or something like, yeah. like I don't remember it because we didn't come up and talk to me." It sounded like, yeah, it sounded like this might have been the first time that they had like talked to each other, maybe you know, in 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 twenty Sorry. thirty years or so since since the rap since the rap, yeah. Yeah, man. Wow, Ben Stein. I used to love that. Win Ben Stein's money on Comedy Central. Yeah, I watched the shit out of that show. He's he's just a smart motherfucker, anyway. Yeah, he is. He's he's an economics professor. Yeah. Oh my god, a real professor. Not that (laughs) not that fucking actor that was on Gilligan's Island that couldn't get any of them off of that fucking island. No, because Gilligan kept fucking everything up. Oh my god, Gilligan. What a moron. I'm like, you're kidding me? You're on the island with fucking Marianne and Ginger, and none of these guys are making a move on these women. Nobody's, like, ew. oh my god. Come on, let's be serious here. Alright? Men have urges, women have urges. No sex going. I don't even think the howls were fucking each other. <laughs> I don't think Thurston Howell the third was that thirsty on that fucking island. I don't think anybody was fucking each other on that island. That should have been. They should call it Orgy Island. Everybody should be fucking on that island. 
That's the new Netflix show coming out. Should've Do you been- remember when uh, Marianne was like not part of the original theme song? What? Are you serious? It used to say like when it went through, you know, like now everyone's like the Professor and Marianne. Yeah. Um, it used to say the Professor and, and all the rest. The pro- which oh, is Marianne. The, the Professor and all the rest. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Instead, all the rest was one person. <laughs> <laughs> the movie star, the professor, and all the rest. <laughs> yes. I kind of like that version a little bit better. I do too, because it's ridiculous. All the rest they, implies that there's like more people, except no, it's just one other person. All right. <laughs> you just didn't want to say her name. Yeah. Wasn't there an episode where Kurt Russell showed up? What? I don't remember that. Like a little boy, Kurt Russell? Or am I correct? I was hoping he would have showed up as Snake. (laughs) (laughs) I've been dope. No, yeah, he would have been a kid when that show was airing. Yeah. I I think the only two cast members that are still alive are Ginger and Marianne. And Marianne is like in a... I think she's got like a... She's got problems like like dementia or something like that. Oh, gosh, Don Wells does. Yeah, oh. and she's like in a like in a home or something like that, and she's like struggling right now. So I think I think like fans are trying to support her and stuff. It's real sad. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I don't she's know. a famous member of my sorority from college. Like every sorority has like famous people who yeah. like had, in college were a member of that sorority, and Don Wells was like our big one. Yeah, so. It's cool. Yeah, I, I loved, I loved Gilligan's Island. I, didn't, I did too. Didn't they? Didn't they show up on an episode of Scooby Doo, all animated? Oh, I don't remember that. If they didn't, it sounds sounds legit, doesn't it? <laughs> because the Harlem Globetrotters. If you have the Harlem Globetrotters, I'll tell you why you couldn't get Gil- Gilligan's Island. And they had fucking animated Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the Harlem Globetrotters episodes. Did I you did ever? Too. Did you ever see the Harlem Globetrotters in person when you were a kid? No, I did. I also they were a lot of fun. I also went. And, we also went and saw the Power Team, which was like those religious guys that took steroids and would like talk about God, and then they'd break bricks and <laughs> tear up phone books and shit. Do you remember that? They like. Uh. They're like they would like be like thank you God and then they'd like rip a rip a they'd rip a telephone book in half. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna I'm gonna rip this telephone book in half for the Lord. Thank you God. You saved my soul and now I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna fucking break these bricks over my fucking head. Amen. Hallelujah. Power of Christ compels me. Boom. Yeah. Oh my God. Can you imagine getting an exorcism from one of those motherfuckers? <laughs> they scare the shit out of a demon. Do a lot better job than the fucking uncle from Metamorphosis. He, he fucking, yeah, he fucked up. That girl died. That power yeah, he team. He fucked up both times. Both times. That power team guys, they would just like fucking intimidate the fuck out of a fucking demon just by flexing and shit. It'd be a slow Tuesday for them. Yeah. It's like that demon would be like, oh my god, did you see that guy rip that telephone book in half? 
Dude, I think that other one just rolled up a frying pan like a fruit roll-up. <laughs> that wasn't no fucking thin white pages bullshit either. That was the goddamn telephone book with the yellow pages. Oh, my God, that has residential numbers in there. <laughs> I was going to say that's business and residential. That's business and residential. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that guy's shit. strong as fuck. Oh, Did my God. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, let's get out of here. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's take, hey, June, did you have, I don't know, did you have anything more that you wanted to talk about? I just had one small thing left. Um, it was just a show that you guys had actually mentioned um, maybe like a month ago when you guys talked about the launch of HBO Max. Um, you guys talked about it a little derisively, if I recall. Um, you guys were wondering what the show Legendary is, this HBO Max original. Ew, is it a boging reality competition show? And I remember being in my car and there was sort of an air of like, who would watch that? And I like literally like raised my hand in the car as I was driving. Like, um, I would. That is, yeah, this is such a June show. Like, oh my God, it is like, that's my, I was like, are you describing the most fabulous idea that I've, like wish I had thought of. Yeah. That's exactly what legendary is. It's a voguing show and it's tailor made just for you. It is, but you know what? Let me tell you this though. This whole, it is a spectacle and it is awesome. It is eight houses from the ballroom culture. And yeah, it's a boging reality competition show. And you know, the judges, they vote at each competition and the bottom two houses, they select a member to do like a one-on-one redemption battle and they just go out fierce and yes you might think like voguing is just like flopping your arms around and like your wrist and whatever let me tell you that's oh, no. hard oh no i've tried it yes <laughs> yes i think i think there's been a time in all of our lives where we we've thought to ourselves do we have what it takes to vogue i dare to you you do not have what it takes to vogue it, no way, I, don't, I, like, don't, this, I don't i don't i don't i am like, not a real man i am not a real man if 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 <laughs> But push comes to shove, I am not gonna, I am not gonna be able to vogue. I am not, I am not, there's no way. Yeah, you're right, you're absolutely right, Joan. You're absolutely right. No, no one, it is, it is, a, it is a crazy, it is a dance and is an art form that is, it is super fucking hard. Yeah. And this is not your milk toast, like Madonna, like no. cheerleader dance. This ain't bullshit. your Madonna bullshit. This ain't your fucking, this, this is, ain't. I know you're laughing at me and everyone can go fuck themselves, but this no. is fabulous. And honestly, I do not even need the competition part of the show. I could just have a hundred hours of this just crazy, these costumes and the fashion and this crazy voguing. I'm just give me hours and hours just of that. Fucking, so Tupperware just, legendary. Yes. Just fucking hit me in the face, neck and chest with this fucking so, Vogue show. That's it. And everyone oh, can go fuck yes. themselves because this is an amazing show. Yes. And I love it. You I have turned every everyone around on this Vogue thing. Everyone, everyone's tuning in. Uh, you, oh, I know. you single handedly have sold uh, thousands. No, I know I haven't. Thousands. This is of HBO Max subscriptions just right now. Thousands, literally thousands. Like ah, there are guys out there that are no, there, no, no, Have no. you even watched any of it? Watch five minutes of it. Watch five minutes of of Legendary. 
I'm gonna watch six. You know what? You know what? Yeah, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take. It's a. It's a. You're acting like this is the fucking like. This is like the the Coke Pepsi challenge or something. Like I, I challenge you. <laughs> I, cha- I challenge you, Brian, to watch five minutes of you know Legendary. I want to see Brian and Paul. Like, do a one-on-one redemption battle. Like, dude, guys, Vogue, let's just get your phones out. Like, TikTok video yourself, and let's do it. Do I would it. love to see that. June. Okay, listen. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm I, just saying, and I want you guys to do it in five-inch heels like these uh, awesome women do on these shows. So. No. That is how they're there, doing there's it. No, there's got, no, there's I no. I got four-inch heels. I, I, I'm out. Mm, that's not going to cut. You got to have five. There is not five. a fiber in my body. That gives a fuck about me <laughs> or anyone else on this planet voguing. I don't care. <laughs> if, I know. I know. Strike a pose. I, I don't care. Okay. All right. I don't care. I'm glad that you enjoy this show. I, yes, I am 100 percent uh, mocking it. Um, I, I know you are. Let <laughs> me tell you, this shit is hard. <laughs> Oh, and it's awesome. And I just watch, I could watch hundreds of hours of it. But yeah, when you guys talked about it, I literally was like, that's my show. Like that show, like that was for me. It's totally for you. <laughs> it's, that show is, I know, I get it. It's 100% you. That show is 100% you. Uh huh. But like you cannot expect me to not, no. not. I'm just throwing it out there for anybody who might like RuPaul's Drag Race or if you like Pose. The Ryan Murphy Show on FX, then yeah, this is worth checking out for those people who like those shows. Vogue competition. It's what we've all been asking for. I've been dying for this show. It's what I've been asking for, and I got it, so I'm happy. Like, if I could go back, if I could go back, (laughs) if I could go back to, like, you know, seven-year-old Brian and be like, don't worry, dude, in 2020, yeah, coronavirus is going to kill everybody, but there's going to be a Vogue. (laughs) It's what's going to save us all, Brian. The it is. Like, that is secure. Show. That's what's going to save the world. I am so over coronavirus. I am so oh, over this too. fucking shit. Mm. Let's take a brick quick. Uh, I was going to say, let's take a prick break. A prick break. But, yeah, June would agree. She needs to take a break from this prick she's been listening to bash her fucking Vogue show. For the past sure. fucking no, five I get minutes. It. It's not for everyone. I get that it's not for everyone. I am not saying that it should be for everyone. I'm, I was throwing it out there for any fellow fans June, of the that I mentioned. Would you, like, seriously, June, would you fucking, like, would you have, like, any respect for me if I got on here and I was just like, oh my God, the Vogue competition show. I can't get enough. Is that, is that me? Is that, be, is that Brian? Is that Brian being Brian? No. No. Yeah, I would have I no respect. But, 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 what if I watch it and I love it? I feel like if you actually watched it and just saw how these people, like, the physicality of it, you'd, you'd, you'd at least have to admit, well, that's, um, that's impressive. I'm not coordinated at all enough to do any of those things. So that right there is probably impressive. But <laughs> there's, the, saying there's like an athleticism to it that I don't think people really appreciate. Sure, sure. I just can't imagine. Like, like, do these people dedicate their lives to it? Is like this a yeah. thing? This is what they do. That's but fucked like, up. 
Where? I mean, like, is there like huge faux competitions around the world? I mean, that- there's usually like it's like a, it's like an underground thing. It's um, got to be like we talked about we talked about fucking like the air hockey documentary last week. Mm. This has to be like on the same level as like people that fucking care about air hockey. <laughs> Probably, yeah. 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 Oh my god, you're one of those people. <laughs> You're on the world of fashion and music and just fabulousness. Okay. Like, this oh is my God. Are you, are, what the fuck? Are you singing the gem and the holograms theme song right yeah, now? No, what is going on? And the holograms. <laughs> I am just describing what ball culture is and it is a fabulous world. My favorite thing about ball Vinny, culture. You, you've been to drag shows. You like drag shows. I do like drag shows. I've had some great yeah. times at drag shows, but I'm not fucking at home, like in front of the TV practicing Vogue moves and hoping that there's one day going to be a Vogue competition show. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite thing about ball culture is that ACD song, ACDC song. I've got big balls yeah that's not one that's commonly used it's so ball culture it's opportunity though it's a great song it's a great song i've got big balls she's got big balls but we've got the biggest balls (laughs) of them all all right let's take a quick break because i can see jen's getting a little upset I am not upset. June's getting a little. <laughs> <laughs> Need to take a little quick break here. Let June kind of like <laughs> recompose herself. Is that a word? Recompose? recompose? I think it's just compose. Re- yeah, like recom. Like what is recompose? Why did I say recompose? That's- I knew it sounded <laughs> stupid when it came out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm like, that's not a word. Compose yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Recompose. I, I, I swear, I think my brain is decomposing is what's happening. It's like, it's like irregardless. Irregardless. <laughs> Let's say, I, you're, oh my God. That's too sophisticated for me. Uh, Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with the pop culture leftovers and news. Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt, and the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. Yo, we're back. Yo, yeah, I'm eating. All right. Yeah, we've been listening to Brian chopping on candy. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm the lumps. 
fucking K. You sent me these fucking, they're called Pascal Pineapple Lumps. These fucking, uh, fruit tumors that you sent me. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus Christ, these are good. Oh my God. Are they it, like chewy? Are they like? Yes. They're uh, chewy. It's like, it's, you get chocolate. Oh. And you get fucking a pineapple. I I didn't mm. think the combination would work. Oh my god! It's what is it like a chocolate covered gusher? It's it's not it's not like no it's not like it's like it's like gooey inside. It's not like you're fucking biting into the fucking like the salad creams or something. Or is it like a gumdrop? Um. I know you said there's real pineapple. You said yeah. there's real fruit juice in it. It's like a real pineapple piece in there, like a like a oh. like yeah. It's fucking good. It's fucking. You never had pineapple and chocolate together? Like, never, never. Oh my god, that's a great. Oh, that's like. Yeah, I know. You, I, there's a lot yeah. of things I didn't think that would be great together. Competition shows, voguing. I mean, there's a lot of. <laughs> yeah. No, here my biggest problem with that fucking show, June, is not the fact that it, it's the fact that it's like one of HBO Max's launch titles. Get the fuck out of here. That sounds like Quibi bullshit. All right. It feels like I should be watching Legendary on Quibi. Quibi comes like HBO Max because HBO, like they're using. Their HBO originals is like their originals. Yeah, well, it, it, you don't right, watch and that. I, that's kind of how I took it. Like that's like right. Like, wouldn't just the HBO originals be HBO Max originals? But is it on HBO? I don't know. Can you watch it on HBO? I don't know. Like, they don't have HBO Go anymore. It's still there. HBO. It's still there. HBO now. HBO I was now. Able to watch. Um, I was able to watch the. Uh, the documentary you watched tonight just on because I don't get Max on the Roku, but I was able to bring it up on HBO now. So is it still? So it's still not HBO Max is still not on like what is it's not on Roku. It's or not on Fire Roku, Stick, right? I have to watch it on my fucking PlayStation Four. Oh, uh, yeah, it's time. I was able to download it on my TV. We have a Samsung Smart TV. So God damn it, you K, you're gonna make me <laughs> fucking. I'm gonna. I'm gonna fucking gain like 50 pounds from this fucking candy. It's good as shit. Text K after we're done and be like, "Hey, <laughs> oh I'll PayPal you some cash." He sent oh me some God. of his awesome candy that Brian's. We have the best listeners in the world sending me fucking candy from New Zealand. She's like, "Oh my God, those Danes fucked up." I'm gonna hook you up with some really good fucking those candy. Those Danes did fuck up. They did. Oh my God, they really fucked up with that fucking shit. It's fucking garbage. It's still sitting here. I still have it. Fucking- very misleading. It almost seems like a little fraudulent the way that you told me the way it was scratched. You didn't know it was like black licorice. I didn't know. Maybe I didn't read enough. I should. I probably should have read a little bit more. It's called. It's yeah. Liquids, strawberry, liquids, strawberry and cream. And I was like, oh my god, I can't wait to bite into this strawberry and cream. I thought it was going to be fucking like strawberry fucking licorice, and it was fucking black licorice. And I was just like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, remember that? Remember that scene in Big where fucking uh, Tom Hanks eats that caviar, he's caviar. <laughs> and he's spitting it out? That's what that was me eating that fucking Lacrids bullshit. That was nasty. Ugh. I felt like Tom oh. Hanks and Big spitting out fucking caviar into that fucking napkin. <laughs> nasty. It's time for the pop culture leftovers news. Yeah, 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 read all about it. It's a little news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. 
It's gangsta as fuck, yo. I got this news from uh, clutchpoints.com. NBA Jam was programmed to screw Michael Jordan. Bulls. I saw that. Yeah. Distance. Yeah. The creator of NBA Jam has finally confirmed the longstanding conspiracy theory that the game was programmed in a way that if Michael Jordan or anyone from the Chicago Bulls took a last second shot against the Detroit Pistons, it would always miss. The creator of <gasps> the creator of NBA Jam has finally confirmed the longstanding conspiracy uh, in an interview with Ars Technica. NBA Jam lead designer Mark Trammell admitted to having programmed the game to make the Bulls automatically miss last second shots when playing the Pistons since he was a dar- diehard Detroit fan. I was gonna say, was he from Detroit yeah. or something? For, like, wow. For what it's worth, Termel is a Michigan native. Quote, yep. making That's this it. game in Chicago during the height of the Michael Jordan era, there was a big rivalry between the Pistons and the Bulls. But the one way I could get back at the Bulls once they got over the hump was to affect their skills against the Pistons in NBA Jam. <laughs> what an asshole. Oh, that's like, that's a new grudge for Jordan to have right now. He loves to have grudges. It's like a new nemesis for him now. And so I put in a special code that if the Bulls were taking last second shots against the Pistons, they would, they would miss those that's shots. Hilarious. That's that is a whole level of pettiness just, it has to be. That's like Michael Jordan level of pettiness. Oh, it's so bad. Oh my God. I, I, I think it's hilarious though. I do. I think it's funny. Oh, that game it is. Yeah. The original NBA Jam arcade machine, who would you, what was your team that you would always play with? Oh, the Supersonics. Oh, the Seattle Supersonics. Was it, was it Kemp and Peyton? It was Kemp and Peyton. Mine was, uh. I always play the Bulls. <laughs> I was always, me and my buddy would always play as the Orlando Magic, and I was always Scott Skiles shooting the three pointers, and he was yeah. always fucking Shaquille O'Neal cleaning up the boards. Yeah, man. Oh. So we had the then, we had the outside shooter, and then we had the big man. And there was this one thing that we would always do, where like my my friend would go in to dunk, and I would go to the three point line, and right before he slams in, you pass it back to the guy in the three point line. Yeah, and you fucking made that every time. Yeah. Oh god. And then you get on fire. If I got yeah, on fire, fire, boom shakalaka. Fuck. Scott Skiles, his three point percentage on that game was just insane. I love shooting from the three in NBA Jam, the arcade machine. Oh man, dude. And then when it came to like the fucking fire edition, oh, mm. get out of here, man. Uh, I, I, I think the SNES cartridge was gold. For oh that really? Game. Oh, it was awesome. God, I, see, they always had a, they always had the arcade stand up, the original NBA Jam arcade stand up at uh, a place called Pizza Works in Peoria Heights, and I would go out there and just play that. Oh my God, play it all the time, all the fucking time. Did you see? Yeah, we had ours at Shakey's Pizza. Did you, awesome. did you? Actually, see? Brian, Brian, real fast. Um, speaking of the basketball, just um, you mentioned. Um, I just want to say, I that Ron Artest documentary on Showtime. Yeah, was really good. Fantastic I documentary. I watched it a couple weeks ago. It was based on your recommendation because I was jonesing. It was after the last dance was over, and I yeah. was like, ah, what am I going to do for my sports fix? And 
Yeah, I want to check that out. I heard you and Shanks. There's a about there's that. a bunch of basketball documentaries on uh, Showtime if you haven't seen them. The Larry Bird and uh, Magic Johnson one's fantastic. Mm. Mm. I, I know. I know. Thirty for Thirty. I watched a couple. Um, I actually watched the Bad Boys one about that Detroit Pistons yes. team. That one's actually really good. Watch uh, the Fab Five one. The Fab Five. Fab Five. That's really a great good. one. That's yeah. a great That's one. A great one. Um, the only uh, thing about that one is they couldn't get Chris Webb. Next week on Netflix, it drops. This came out on VOD about two months ago. It's a Stefan Marbury documentary, and it's called A Kid from Coney Island, and it's dropping on Netflix next week. Ooh. Sweet. Stefan Marbury came from Coney Island. I remember when he fucking, he came back to Coney Island, he was fucking decked out in like all like these gold necklaces, all this expensive jewelry, had this fucking expensive car, and comes back home to show off and all this shit and that you know I'm Stefan Marbury I think he was playing for the Nets not the Nets Minnesota he might have been playing for Minnesota wolves, yeah. yeah he might have been playing with the T-Wolves and he comes back and he fucking gets carjacked uh. in his home fucking town yeah it's called uh, a kid from Coney Island and I was I was gonna I was gonna rent this fucking thing and watch it and I saw that it was coming out on Netflix, and I was like, "Okay, I'll just wait for it. I'm gonna, I'll probably talk about it next week." Um, did you see that Shaquille O'Neal is uh, on Monday? They announced he's, he's got his own pizza coming out from Papa John's. What? No, it's called the. <laughs> What's it called? It's called the Shackaroni. Oh god! Oh. Wait, so it's just a bunch of pepperoni? It's a huge pizza, and it's uh, it's it's extra cheese. Extra pepperoni, and instead of it being ten slices, it's eight slices. So they're huge slices. My God! Of 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 yeah, shack size, shack oh, size, yeah. shack size pizzas. Is it going to be bigger than a regular pizza? Like, is it going to be larger in diameter, or is it just? I don't. I don't know. I didn't look at. That. I didn't look at the schematics. Well, I was gonna serve them. They're just like huge size pizzas. Like they're making. Oh, fuck. All I know is that they they fucking Papa John signed Shaquille O'Neal to an eight point two five million dollars sponsorship, and they're giving. Jesus Christ. Yeah, the Shakaroni. He, he's. This is in addition to what is he does the the general insurance yeah. Yeah. for people for people who can't afford like yeah actual car insurance yeah he, he's talking bond. to that he's talking to that fucking general with that mustache <laughs> yeah you know if you, 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 you what, what's that general say what's that little catchphrase he says you, 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 uh, go to the general and save uh, some time yeah. he looks like um he looks like. <laughs> And he, you can't see his eyes. You just see like his nose and this big mustache. Yeah, and the big mustache because the helmet is like covering like onto his nose. And he also does that. What's that? What's that fucking like that that uh, that cream? Gold bond. Gold bond. Is it gold and bond? Icy hot. It's and icy. icy it's icy hot. He does gold it's bond and icy hot. He does gold bond too. Yes. He's like fuck, man. I got fucking toe fungus and I got fucking. Aches no, and pains. the gold bond is like the men's line, the men's lotion. It's like it's really the commercial for gold bond is weird. It's just like it's got that weird like music in the background, and he's 
kind of talking very sensually, like men's gold bond lotion. <laughs> You're just and like, wow. Shit with his eyebrows too. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's sexual about it. Yeah. And then it like shows him like, like, like I think they show him like from the bag and like, he's putting it on like, and it's like slow mo of his hand, like rubbing the lotion on his shoulder. It's oh, really wow. weird. It's erotic. Creepy. That's erotic. I love that. Uh, I'll, every once in a while, I watch that fucking video of him eating that hot wing on the NBA countdown show and acting like, yeah. it, had no, <laughs> acting like it had no effect on him. And like a minute later, he just runs off the set. Oh, that's hilarious. Did you ever see the one three point shot he made? No. He made one three pointer in his entire career. And he made it when he was at the <laughs> Orlando Magic. It's he he. That's the only three pointer he ever made. It was just a fucking hail mary. It was insane. It's an insane shot. You should watch that sometime on YouTube. Wow. I will never forget that the biggest joke was that he was terrible at uh, free throws. It's not the biggest joke. It's the truth. Yeah, he's terrible at free throws. Like I know it's the truth, but the joke was Taco Bell when they brought that double decker taco, and like the whole commercial was you had to tilt your head to the side to eat it. And at the end, Shaq has his head tilted to the side, eats it, and just nails, like, three free throws. And the coach is like, okay, we need more double-decker tacos. <laughs> oh, I do remember that commercial. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, this is Do good. you remember when he was supposed to have a one-on-one -on -one pay-per-view event against Hakeem Olajuwon? Yes. And it never happened. And this was, like, huh. right after, like, Hakeem – I think this was after – Either the first championship of the Rockets or the second championship that the Rockets won. Do you know what? Like, like did somebody get injured or? I don't. I don't know why it fell apart, man. But it was. It was supposed to happen. I think like even McDonald's had made cups for it. it like they were ready to like fucking do this thing. Yeah, I remember like a bunch of us were going to toss in money to watch it together. It was. That was insane. Hakeem the Dream. Hakeem the Dream, man. He was fucking, god damn, what a finesse fucking center. He was so good. Jesus Christ. Those fucking, those Rockets teams were awesome. Fucking Robert Ory. And, uh, I'm trying to, and he, Robert Ory, they had Sam Cassell on the second one. And they fucking, what was, uh, what was it? Sam Cassell. He looked like, uh, Sam Cassell looked like a fucking alien. He looked like E.T. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of did. He's Sam, Sam Cassell. Like, yeah, the only thing that was missing on him was, like, his finger glowing up and down the court. Man, he gave us some good years with the Bucks, though. <laughs> Sam Cassell, go home. Yeah, he was a good – no, he was a – Sam Cassell and Robert Ory were great pickups for the fucking Houston Rockets. And then, and then Charles Barkley goes there that fucking, that year after they won their <laughs> second championship, hoping to win a championship with the Rockets and it never happened. Just like Carl Malone went to the fucking Lakers. Yep. And the Detroit Pistons beat him. I think that was that 2004 when the Pistons beat that insane Lakers team. That Lakers team had Kobe. It had fucking Gary Payton. It had, it had Gary Payton and Carl Malone. Wow. You know the Bulls could have drafted Carl Malone? Why didn't they? Fuck if I know. I mean, it's, <laughs> I think that year they yeah, drafted. I, why I, wasn't he in the Lost Dance documentary? 
Carl? Oh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it was awesome to see I mean, John Stockton. He interviewed. He wasn't interviewed. He wasn't interviewed. I was wondering. It was awesome was to see. Asked to, but he refused to do it. Yeah, I and I just I don't know why. It's probably still burn up that he fucking lost. John Stockton, who like <laughs> he hate he hates the media anyway. He hated like once but once he, he got done with the NBA, he was in it. I was surprised. I was surprised. He's very private. Really? Very private person. I was very surprised to see John Stockton in that. Nickelodeon Animation Studios, this news comes from Dark Horizons. Nickelodeon Animation Studios will produce a CG animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that will feature, uh, along, uh, it features producers Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg. I don't know, what do you think? You guys ready I'm for- I'm all for it. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, uh, Rogen and Goldberg, they, like, they really don't put out bad shit, like. Yeah. Preacher's not terrible, I think they had, uh, a hand in the boys. I mean, I know this is not directed towards adults, but I think it's in good hands. Yeah. Yeah, they got, what are they, Jeff Rowe is involved in this, and he was, uh, he helms the upcoming Lord and Miller produced animated film Connected for Sony. Yeah, I just wonder, like, do we, I'm, I'm sure you don't, I'm sure it's not said in the article, but I'm just wondering if it's going to be akin to the same animation that's used in the Rise Up show. Or if they're gonna go like more of a DreamWorks Pixar route with it, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't say. It doesn't say. I mean, I love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I do. I was I was obsessed with them as a kid. Um, but I impartial to like the movies from the '90s and then the cartoon from the '90s. I haven't watched anything. Like I never watched. I haven't watched any of the new movies or any of the new animation. I heard that the new like. I guess the newer animated series. I think Sarah Michelle Gellar is um, there's a voice in it, but I haven't watched any of it. I loved the '87 cartoon. I loved, mm-hmm. loved it. I was honestly, I think the movies were okay. I was not. I I don't find the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie as beloved as most people. I I, I like it. I like it, but I don't love it. You might have been a little older because you're like three years older. Than, so cause how yeah. how old were you when that came out? I was. Uh, that movie came out in 1990, and I was 12. Yeah. See, I, so I was like, yeah, I was nine. So I think. I was, was it definitely catered to a younger audience. I was following that movie. I was buying magazines where they were showing pictures of the turtles before the movie came out. I, I remember buying like a a summer of nineteen nineties movie uh magazine and it was showcasing the Ninja Turtles, it was showcasing a Jean Claude Van Damme movie that was coming out that year. Of course <laughs> I, I had yeah, it had pictures of him doing the splits and whatever the fucking movie. Or yeah, uh, it, it, it totally he totally was in that magazine. Yeah, I'm sure he was. He was. <laughs> but um, I, don't, I just I loved that first movie so much as a kid, and then a couple years later when they came out the sequel, I was so pumped for the sequel, and I was like, "Isn't that good?" I Vanilla Ice. Like I, I was like, "Why is Vanilla Ice in this movie?" The, like this is twice. The Nickelodeon series that came out in like 2010 or 2011, I thought was fantastic. That's, awesome. Is that the one that Sarah Michelle? That's the one that Sarah Michelle Geller. She voices April, right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. She was in, Sarah Michelle Geller was in the 2007 um, animated movie called um, TMNT. TMNT with uh, okay. Chris Evans as Casey Jones. Yeah. Okay. And that one, I mean, there are some faults with it, but it, going back to it, that that animated movie is not terrible. So yeah, but I, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this. I got 
two kids that are at the age that will probably be dying to see this. So, live action team Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Do you want to see it again? And do you want it to be CGI or do you want it to be like prosthetic, like costumes, like they had back oh, in man, the day? Going back, going back to the Planet of the Apes talk. Let's go back to the fucking Jim Henson workshop and fucking do like what we got in the nineties. Those costumes, yeah, yeah do those costumes. I think yeah, I think that'd be I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be fun to revisit that. And like even a series would be fun. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who owns um the rights to that? Like who would distribute that? I don't know who owns T V rights and movie rights for Turtles. I, I it wasn't uh was it Paramount or was it Universal? I think it's Paramount. 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 But I mean Nickelodeon also has Yeah, yeah. Nickelodeon would do the T V yeah. I would imagine because I know IDW has the comics. The movie, the, yeah, don't the movie say like Nickelodeon Studios? Yeah, the new ones with Michael Bay do say Nickelodeon. It's yeah. a, it, that was Michael Bay who did the new, right? Megan Fox. It was Michael Bay as a producer, but it was Joel Liebsman who was the director. And Megan Fox was in them, right? Megan Fox was April O'Neil, and Stephen Amell was Casey Jones. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Terminator news from Dark Horizons. I found this interesting. Uh, it was hoped Terminator Dark Fate would potentially save the franchise after not one but three sequels to James Cameron's original two films arrived, each proving increasing disappointments at both the box office and critically. The result, though, review-wise, a definite improvement came far too late and at far too high a cost. With a budget of nearly $200 million, the film fizzled on an arrival with just 261 million grossed worldwide, only a little over half of what its woeful predecessor Terminator Genesis did. Mackenzie Davis led the cast of Dark Fade and spoke with uh, NME uh, recently, where they asked about the possibility of another Terminator film that would pick up after Dark Fate. Davis says Hollywood needs to listen to the fans, and the fans have spoken with the film's poor box office showing. Uh, she said, quote, I really love the movie and I'm so proud of what we did, but there wasn't, a, uh, uh, there wasn't a demand for it at the box office. And to think that there'd be a demand for a seventh film is quite insane. You should just pay attention to what audiences want and they want new things and I want new things. There are many interesting people that don't fit the mold of those who make these big franchises who have not had the chance to make movies. We should be investing in them right now. Uh, article goes on to say, it certainly sounds like Davis not only has no desire to return, but that the belief is the audience is done with the franchise as well. For now, there are reportedly no plans for what would be a seventh film in the series. I have kind of been like, I'm kind of dumb with Terminator. I watched that movie. I was not a huge fan. Um... Is there any way you guys would like, and and I mean any way, is there any way you would like to see another Terminator movie? And I don't care how bizarre the scenario is. Is there another way you would like to see a Terminator movie? June. No. I mean, no, I, no because I haven't watched the newest one. Um, it Honestly, because you guys were so, it, it, it wasn't. You guys didn't like yeah, it. I was down on it. And I, I trust was very your down. opinion. I mean, and a lot of, not just you guys, but a lot of people whose opinion I were spelled, I mean, they were very down on it. And it just, I was like, well, then I'm not, I don't want to go. I was like, I'm not going to waste my time watching it. And 
clearly even like the star of it is like yeah this should just be done i know that that I mean, kills that me tell that, you something that kills me Mackenzie davis is like oh man I, but i get it i get it paul what are you thinking man terminator oh no i don't think i mean maybe like in 30 years uh once there might be a new interest in it but like I love Mackenzie Davis just for coming out and saying this. I mean, you get so many, you get so many actors. Like I think Bryce Dallas Howard just came out and was just like, yeah, the next Jurassic World's going to be amazing. It's going to be epic. Like, what else is she able to really say? Can she come out and be like, oh no, it's going to be the same? But like Mackenzie Davis just flat out, I love that she's being so real about it. Like, yeah, like the audience doesn't want it, but yeah, the fucked up I, thing I is that. Like- I believe Bryce Dallas. I love those new, those new Jurassic World movies. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and that's the only thing I can think of. But, like, who's actually going to come out and be like, you know, like, I think this movie coming out in a couple months is going to suck. Uh, she like, said, she said, she basically what Mackenzie Dav- Davis said was like, I love what we did, but the box office speaks. Nobody wants it. Yeah. And I appreciate that because you don't hear that a lot, though, either. Like, sure. You know what I mean? Like, I definitely appreciate her coming out and say that. But to answer your question, no, I don't. I don't want a Terminator in the future right now. Here is the only scenario in which I would like another Terminator movie of any kind. Are you ready? And I'm being 100% serious here. This is not a joke. Yes, yes. 100% serious. This is not a joke. It's the year 2042. Terminators have wiped out most of humanity. We're barely surviving. There's an earthquake or like some sort of like something happens. Something disrupts. Like there's an earthquake. Uh, something happens in Detroit. And we see a screen come online from the visor of RoboCop. <laughs> the minute you okay, said Detroit. I'm the in. minute you said Detroit, I was like, RoboCop. <laughs> RoboCop. RoboCop versus Terminators. And I'm talking uh, RoboCop versus Exoskeletons. I'm not talking about RoboCop versus fucking, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's T, you know, 800. I'm not talking about T-1000s. I'm talking about just fucking like straight up Terminator, Exoskeletons, and RoboCop. RoboCop comes online. He's humanity's last chance. Like he's been fucking like buried in fucking some kind of like, you know, uh, uh, vault or something. Like in, in some fucking like old, uh, building in Detroit, you know, and he hasn't been online forever and something just happens like an earthquake. You're like, we, yeah, we do get earthquakes in the Midwest. It's not common, but it can happen. And fucking, you know, Detroit, boom, earthquake. It awakens fucking RoboCop. Now we got RoboCop versus Terminators. That's the only way I ever want. I want to see a mashup. Like if you know we got Robo, like we got Aliens versus Predator. The only way I want to see another Terminator movie is the fuck if they bring in RoboCop. That's it. That's all. That's a good one. That actually does sound really cool. That's a really good one. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Oh God. Be, oh, ro- think about RoboCop on fucking screen, fucking taking out Terminators. Oh my god! Oh, oh, I'd love it. 
I love uh, the minute you said Detroit, my head I mean, I was like, oh, this is he's going to say RoboCop. <laughs> Oh, I love that you! I love that you went there instantly. Yeah. Wasn't that like? Was this a comic before? I, I think like it is. I think. Comic I, or a video game? I do think it's a comic. It's a comic, or yeah, I, I do think it was a comic. Okay. Well, it is a Frank Miller comic book that yeah. came out in 1992. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Then, then you have some source material to work with as well. Exactly. Yeah. Frank, you know, scurvy as fuck. Yeah. What do we got here? Oh, that'd be awesome, man. That would be, it would be radical. It would be so cool. <laughs> it would be cool. Can you oh, imagine man, the trailer for that? Like how they would get you hyped for that? Just to see the visor. That's all you need to see. <sighs> yeah, yeah that, that'd be a really cool preview to see. Um, oh, my God. And then for them to fucking like all of a sudden like RoboCop puts one of those. He turns on like. An ED two oh nine comes online, and he fucking programs an ED two oh nine to take out Terminators. That- yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, oh, or, you got- yeah, like or, or seeing like a T one thousand type of thing going after uh, <laughs> RoboCop, and even the ED two oh nine. That'd be fucking cool. Oh, it'd be I don't know. I'd love it. I would love it. I would love it. I'm that take would my just- money right now. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, like just uh, give me the fucking trailer for that, and I'm you. You got my butt in the in the seat because like I know there are people out there that hated, um, you know, Freddy versus Jason, and I love that. I actually love that first Freddy versus Jason movie. That one was fun. I thought it was a ton of fun, and I, I kind of like these mashups. Like you know, Dark Horse Comics started with like you know like the Aliens versus Predator stuff. And, um, you know, for years, like we were thinking like, are we going to get this movie? Is it going to happen? Like you watch, you know, predator two and Danny Glover makes his way onto a predator spaceship. And there, there you see on the spreader, the, on the predator spaceship, the alien skull. And I, dude, I'm fucking 12 years old watching this and freaking the fuck out because I knew of the history in the dark horse comics. Like this is a thing. And I was like, oh my god, they're teasing it here. Now, by the time we got Aliens vs. Predator, the movie wasn't great. I didn't hate it. The second one was much worse. But still, I, you know, I don't know. I think you can, if you do this right, if you can do Robocop versus Terminator, I think, I think that's the only way you bring this back. That people that's probably get the only way about. you bring Robocop back, too. Yeah. Aren't they, mm-hmm. aren't they thinking about doing another Robocop though? I've, I've been I've, hearing rumors of that though for years. Well, they did the, they did the like Joel Kinnaman. Joel McKinnon, yeah. They, Joel Kinnaman and then Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah. I never watched it. Jake watched it. I would not watch it. I, I have a hard time with a PG-13. It was another PG-13 Robocop. I was like, fuck this. It's not R-rated. It's not Paul Verhoeven. Fuck off with this PG-13 bullshit. I'm not watching it. I watched the fucking PG-13 Total Recall with Colin Farrell. Ugh. And the, uh, it was not good, but like the only thing I appreciated out of that was like the advancement in technology and like the cool technology that was, they took the mutants out completely. No mutants in that fucking movie. Fuck off. Fuck off with that shit. Listen. Wasn't the District 9 guy at one point going to do RoboCop? Um, Neil Blomkamp was going to do Aliens. 
Okay. And he was uh, yeah. going to bring back Michael Bean and as, uh, oh God, what was his character's name in Aliens? I can't remember, but he was going to bring back that guy and then he's going to bring back Ripley and Newt. So in this version, Newt and the Sean Bean, not Sean Bean, Michael Bean character did not die. And he was going to bring, oh, bring them back. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. It was rumored in 2018 that Blomkamp was going to take it over. But now Abe Forsythe is last rumored to do a reboot. And is this that, article was in. Is that RoboCop? Yeah, that was in two thought like this Abe Forsyth article was in two thousand nineteen. The Neil Blonkamp Neil Blonkamp just made a quote that if one movie he'd love to bring back would be Robocop. I, I don't wanna see him do it. What I, has he done lately? I, Nothing. He he has he has talked about like what he wants to do and then dropped off projects. He's like the Doug Lyman of Dropping off projects unless Tom he Cruise was going to do Alien, right? Like, wasn't he going to? Yeah, Neil Blomkamp was going to do the Alien. Yeah, he was going to bring yeah, back Ripley. Saying, yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, he's yeah. But lately, I don't think he's. Yeah, I don't think he's done anything since what Cappy. I think Chappie was the last. Chappie, yeah, Chappie. Fucking super. Oh god, that was like here. what six, seven, like, mm-hmm. like almost what. 10 years ago. Yeah, we're talking like 2014 or something yeah. with Chappie. 2013. That was, that was a while ago. Yeah, a long time ago. What is it? Um, real quick, quick news. Like, Stallone revealed he is working on a director's cut of Rocky IV. I Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <sighs> He says it's going to be amazing. He says, quote, amazing. I'm doing a director's cut on Rocky IV, which will be amazing. I just don't know, like, what what is in the director's cut. Like, what did we not see? Yeah. Fucking Zack Snyder. <laughs> it is. It totally is. Like, dude, I'm – dude, it's crazy. I was fucking on DCEU leaks today, which is, like, it's fucking crazy. It's bullshit. All the shit that's coming out on DCEU leaks. Like, and there's- the Snyder so, Cut. It's, it's everything. It, uh, DC Fandom. Have you guys heard about this? It's the online, it's gonna be the online convention. It's coming out August 22nd. It's called DC Fandom. And I guess they're gonna be dropping information and possible trailers. We, I mean, we, I, I really don't know what we're gonna get from DC Fandom. But it's going to happen August 22nd. There's a guy trying to scoop it on DCEU leaks as to like what is going to be like revealed at DC fandom. I know we're not in DC news, but get the fuck over it. It's my fucking show. Pop culture, uh, go to podcastawards.com. Um, but, (laughs) but, but like this guy on DC, on this DCEU leaks is like these, these rumors are getting out of, out of control. Like this guy and this guy had me, this guy had me for a lot of these rumors, um, that he was talking about. He he even said like, you know, Ray Fisher's being, you know, HBO Max is talking about doing possibly like a, a cyborg series for HBO Max. I'm like, okay, yeah, that maybe that could happen. That might. Mm-hmm. Sure. That sounds like it's plausible. The next thing this guy writes about, you know, the, the, the thing that they're going to reveal at DC fandom is that Ben Affleck is coming back to do a HBO Max Batman project. 
<laughs> and I've been reading that on Cosmic Book News and all these bullshit sites this week, and I'm just like, we oh. got it covered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We got yeah, this covered. I don't think I, that. That's least believable. I'm just like, oh my god, DCEU leaks is just out of control right now, out of fucking control. But they were talking, yeah, they were talking about. Uh, I mean, a lot of the shit was like, like, okay, he's like, all this is from a legitimate source. A first look teaser trailer for Matt Reeves' The Batman movie, which gives us a first look at Catwoman, the Riddler, and Batman in their suits. A new trailer for Wonder Woman 1984, which gives us our first look at Kristen Wiig's Cheetah. Casting announcements for the official date for Aquaman 2. Oh, yeah, casting announcements and the official date. Um, they talk, they say, um, Yahya Abdul-Mateen and Randall Park return as Black Manta and Dr. Stephen Shin. I mean, these sound, these sound legit. And yeah. then they get down to the fucking, like, now he's starting to talk about an official announcement of David Ayer's cut of the Suicide Squad. Oh, I've heard that. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. Then he talks about the Cyborg Project. Then he talks about Affleck returning. As, I was kind of like in on a lot of the things he was saying until he got to Affleck. I was like, what the fuck? What the yeah. fuck? That's I, not happening. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, I, I feel like David Ayer would definitely be trying to get some traction just because I feel like the floodgates were open with the fucking Snyder Cup. But the Batflat or the the Affleck stuff is. I think that's absolute shit, especially since he since he said that being Batman almost brought him compl- like it almost ruined his sobriety. There's no way he's going back to that character. Uh, yeah, I think he's done. I think he's no done. Way. I think he's done. He might do some ADR for the Snyder Cut, possibly, but I don't think he's suiting up again. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, Marvel news. Yeah, so a fucking director's cut of 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 Rocky Four. I'll watch it. I'm intrigued. I love Rocky movies. I love Rocky Four. I'll watch yeah. it when it comes out. But my God, watch that forty. What was that? That that forty years of Rocky documentary I talked about with Winkler a few weeks ago. Oh my God! Yeah, I've been. That's on my list that I've been trying. To, I want to check out. It's really good. It's really good, June. There's stuff I've. There's 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 scenes in that I've never seen before. I just, still haven't seen Creed, and I really want to. Oh, Creed is fantastic. Creed Two is a different story, though. I've seen bits and parts of Creed Two just because I, it was when they dropped it on like HBO or something last year. So if it was yeah. on, like I would watch it like minutes here and there. Um, because that's the one with um, Drago's son, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Stallone got robbed for Creed One you know as what, best supporting actor. You know what I watched for the first time in probably like fifteen years, and I watched it just a f- couple, no, a few days ago. Universal Soldiers. Oh, those are so good. I hadn't seen it, dude. I had not seen Universal Soldiers in so long. I've never seen that movie. Everyone talks about how awesome it is, dude. But it, I've like, never seen it. It's a movie. Like when that movie came out, like I watched it. Oh my god! I probably watched that movie like twenty times when I was a kid. Like when mm-hmm. I was a kid, when, like when that movie came out in '92, I watched that movie probably like twenty times, and I hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen it in so probably sorry. fifteen I'm sorry. years. 
Oh no, it's fine. Oh. You, it's one of those. I think you need to watch it. I think like it's. Oh, no, my. no, no. I thought the dog was barking like right next to me. So I, I don't give a. Fu- I got that, fucking so. fireworks blowing up over here. Well, well that's too. why. Like we have fire. That's why he's barking at the fireworks. Who gives a fuck? We talked about mayonnaise ice cream and I don't <laughs> Who gives a shit? Our ex wives formula podcast. No shit. Yeah. We ain't winning shit. I mean, we ain't podcast awards. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> we ain't winning shit. Don't worry about it. You guys won a, but you guys won a, a podcast award. I forgot which one it was, but wasn't it last year? Yeah, it was, you know, yeah, it was Scaracon or Scarathon or something like that. Yeah, you on, guys won? On their website. Yeah, but you know what's fucked up about that whole thing is it was so it was so disorganized it was the it was the podcast awards that was put on by fangoria magazine and like it was so disorganized they said like oh the winner's gonna get like all these prizes and shit i i wasn't we weren't sent a fucking thing not a wow. not a damn thing. I was not sent anything. We were supposed to get like a fucking like award, like a trophy or some shit. Never received it. I I wasn't even notified that we had fucking won until I Facebook messaged the guy that put on the whole thing, and I was like, "Oh, sorry." I because he sent me a message saying like, you know, your podcast has been nominated and blah blah blah, and if you can make it to the awards show in whatever state they were gonna fucking have it in, like, you know, let me know. We'd love to like host you here. And I didn't reply to that message immediately because like it, it, it the message came in at an awkward time, and I just didn't like respond to it immediately. So like later on like weeks later i responded said so i'm so sorry i couldn't make it there's no way i could make it i had to work and blah 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 he's like oh yeah um uh, by the way you won (laughs) and i was that that whole thing was just a fiasco had no idea that we had fucking won there was no way to watch the, the 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 awards presentation they 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 didn't record it and throw it up online. They didn't. They talked about the voting process, but they didn't talk about the winner at all on the podcast that they recorded. It was so fucked up. It was wow. fucked. It was so unorganized. And then we were like, <laughs> we were runners up for two years in a row on Discover Pods awards thing. We were like runners up or something for whatever. But yeah, we're not worthy. <laughs> To win anything. <laughs> oh, oh, of course you guys are. I don't care. I, you know what? I don't give a fuck if I ever win anything from doing this. It's just the, the friendships that I've, you can't beat that. You can't beat the friendships that have been formed throughout this fucking podcast. I, I can, one of these days, like, if you talk, if you're talking about the pop culture leftovers legacy at the end of the day, we're going to get back to the news and all that shit. Chill the fuck out, people. It's, you're lucky you're getting a goddamn episode. It's the 4th of July. I bet some podcasts are taking this shit off. Any fucking holiday, Cashmere Pulaski Day comes up. They're taking a fucking week off. All right. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, it's fucking Arbor Day and that other podcast is taking the fucking week off. So you're lucky you're getting a fucking episode. But I think at the, at the end of the day, I think this, the legacy of this podcast is the fact that, like, um, June, 
uh, had you not listened to this podcast, you would not have been friends with the guy that you're talking to on this podcast, Paul Hart. Like you know, exactly. And you met, you met through this podcast. Like we brought people together. Like I, I look at the friendships that have been formed from this fucking podcast. I look at like, I look at like fucking like, you know, David Isaac and Joe Vitale do a podcast called Vintage Geeks and it's because they fucking listen to PCL one day. Yeah. Dude, I gotta say like last week, my kids got a fucking uh, package of toys from fucking Nana Pratt. Wow. Nah. Yeah. Nana. Like, like out of fucking Nana's nowhere. Dude, like, yeah, so without this podcast, that 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 kind of stuff doesn't happen. It does, Yeah, none of this happens. I mean, and it's like, it's, and honestly, it's like if, 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 if the people weren't listening and they don't have the passion for it, none of the, so it's not like, I can only get on here and fucking, you know, talk and yammer on for so fucking long. If, if people aren't interacting and doing stuff, it's, it's the listeners. It's, it's the listeners that kind of like have, have like rolled with it. Like they listened. They all had that in common. Yeah. They listened to this stupid fucking podcast, but then they wanted to start getting to know each other. And, uh, and then they, the, all these friendships that have been formed, like Rebecca, formed this friendship with like Brooke Doherty and like they've hung out and shit and I love that I love the fact that like people are just getting the meeting from all over the fucking country you know like we like we fucking go to C2E2 and you get you got people from fucking like you know England and Ireland and fucking people from like Florida and California all the different coasts from New York to fucking it's crazy everybody just meets in Chicago and we all hang out and we all have a great that time was so much fun this year it and was, it was so yeah. much a blast this year it's such oh, a blast man. And especially, like, it was my first time. Never once, like, do you feel nervous or, like, no one's going to talk to you. Like, you just feel like you're at home. It's insane. Mm -hmm. For me, for me, this is not about, like, winning awards and notoriety and stuff. The reason I fucking entered the contest in the beginning is uh, is the fact that if I want people to feel like, it, you're, people are passionate about this fucking podcast. I want them to be able to do other things to make them feel like they're involved in this thing. If they fucking, if they hold us up and they want to hold us up and they love us, then for them to be able to think like, for them to be able to take pride that they voted for us in a fucking contest, I think that's a special fucking thing. I don't think that we're going to win at the end of the day. And if we don't win, I don't give a fuck because honestly, all these, the, the winning podcast, I don't think that they have the community that we fucking have of wonderful people. I don't think so either. I don't, yeah, honestly, I don't. like this is. And I wouldn't trade I'm, a fucking yeah. podcast award for the fucking friendships that I fucking made, uh, doing this, um, any day, any day. I, I, the, the friendships and the people, I think about you guys all the time and I love fucking going to like, Twitter and and Discord and seeing all your comments, you guys are fantastic. So, absolutely. J.K. Simmons. <laughs> J.K. Simmons. He plays uh, J. Jonah Jameson. He was uh, doing it. This is Marvel news. We're into Marvel news now. He was uh, he was in an interview on Sirius XM Radio, and. In a new interview, he's he's talking about like you know we know that we saw him as J. Jonah Jameson in Spider Man Far From Home, and he says, "Well, yeah, I'll be back as J. Jonah Jameson." The, the short answer, 
the future for J. Jonah Jameson after a several-year hiatus. He showed up very briefly for those who were wise enough to stay for the credits of Far From Home. There's one more J.J. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson appearance in the can, and from what I'm hearing, there's a plan yet for another. So hopefully J. Jonah Jameson will continue now and forever. So, yeah, it looks like it looks like we're going to get more. We're going to get more. And he's saying that the... the, the uh, Simmons is most likely referring to his character making an appearance in either Morbius or the Venom sequel. Mm. It's expected Simmons will also be back for the next Spider-Man film, which hasn't yet set production date. Uh, it's they're they're talking about like once Tom Holland wraps Uncharted that they'll they'll start fil- filming that. So yeah, I mean Morbius. When was Morbius supposed to come out? When was Scott this year? Yeah, I. Pretty sure you're right, June. I mean, we were getting trailers for it in the theater before all this fucking mess happened, right? I haven't heard any like news of like any like of what it what's happened to it. And what the so. fuck was up with Andy Circus teasing us with like Venom two trailers? <laughs> nothing ever happened. Nothing ever happened. Right now, the it was set to release July tenth of twenty twenty. Holy shit, we would have been watching it. In less than this a week. week. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's March 19th of 2021. Oh, fuck. Oh, wow. They're pushing that way out. Yeah, they are. Oh, JK, Is it because yeah. they think they'll get more viewership in March? Is that why? I, th- I, th- I, th- it's gotta be. It's gotta yeah. be. I mean, it's, I don't know. Like, how are these, I think Tenet got moved from, the 31st of July to August 12th now. And I think like that's basically because like theaters aren't open in New York city. And like, that's a huge market for them. Yeah. And didn't Bill and Ted just get pushed back again too? Now it did. Yeah. Yeah. By like a week though, I think, I think it's only a week. I think it went from like August 21st to August 28th. I don't know. It's like, I just, if, if, God damn it. I just, honestly, it's just like they just keep moving things up by a couple weeks. And it's like, at this point, I think they just ought to say all movies are not going to come out until 2021. I think so, too. I just agree. because the, that is torture, like the little bit of hope that like yeah. you might be able to see one of these for the end of the year. I'd yeah. rather them just go ahead and, you know, just be real and honest. And yeah, it sucks, but at least it's not this like little lingering, you know, thread of hope that you're like, oh, maybe I'll see you, you know, yeah. the Wonder Woman sequel. It'd be nice, or yeah, something. yeah. It'd be nice if like they, it'd be nice if like we knew that oh, okay, movies have started filming again. So they're talking about like filming in like late July. Okay, so movies, but like, what happens if there is a fucking outbreak on set? Like what happens yeah. then? You gotta close it down. You're fucking done. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. I mean, it's 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 crazy and fucked up. And then especially with like the Disney Plus shows. Like I know that like Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like that's done. Like that's in the can. It's just when they actually release it, right? Because is it though? I felt like said, they had like a couple weeks left on that one. I thought that that was like in the can. It that might they just be are pushing it back because it's supposed to tie in to like 
the movies and the other shows because sure. all of that is being pushed back. That makes sense. That that makes sense. Like, it, yeah, if there's a connection to Black Widow at in any way, it doesn't make sense for it to. Yeah, and fucking WandaVision is supposed to tie directly into Doctor Strange Part Two. Yeah, yeah. Here's the think about this. Think about this. Like, is it? Does it make sense to even start filming now? Because no. Because I don't think it does, just because of the risk of you got one person that may have even if it's like one person that came into contact with someone who had COVID, like you still like that that halts everything. Well, like okay, so if you can't have like a full staff or whatever like that, if you can't have like a full crew and everybody has to socially distance and wear masks, it's gonna take twice as long to film stuff. Like it's you know what I mean? Like so you're looking at like let's say a four month three to four month production schedule, a filming schedule is now a six to eight month filming. Like how much? That's that much more money you're spending on this film by taking all these precautions. You're making it that much longer to film this, as to where like most movies you can film within three to four months. Now, with all these precautions, you're definitely, it's definitely going to be longer. It's definitely going to be a longer filming schedule. Uh-huh. And that, a long, longer filming schedule is going to cost the company that much more money. Well, I just don't. Vac- or you wait for a vaccine. Or just wait yeah. for a vaccine. I, I, yeah, it just doesn't, I don't think it's fiscally the right move right now to just start filming. I, unless I, I, well, we do see like there are some, um, TV shows and movies that are going to start filming in New Zealand where, where, where I got this one, these wonderful candies, <laughs> but it's basically like coronavirus is like non-existent in New Zealand. Like they've, you know what I mean? So yeah, they kind of, and I mean, just also if you're filming now, just how much more money is being spent on set just to fucking clean everything afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and it's just insane. You're, I mean, you're probably taking temperatures of everyone too. Oh, yeah. As they're coming in. And I don't know, man. I just, I know this sucks right now. I'm ready for things to get back to normal, but I think right now we just have to fucking suffer through it as a nation, as a people. And we have to be safe. We have to wear masks when we go into stores. And yeah, I want to see a movie too. Like I want yeah. to do all the regular stuff. But I also don't want people to fucking die. Yeah, exactly. I went to the, the longer and the longer you're not being careful, the longer this just keeps going on. I went to the gym for the first time. They opened it. We're in uh, Illinois in phase four and it started last last week on Friday. And so they open gyms and we can have gyms to like, I think 30% or 50% capacity. And I waited a few days and I went to the gym for the first time and there's like, oh my God, it was kind of, it was weird. Like there was like certain machines that were, this machine is not in use because we're promoting social distancing and like everybody's like just spraying down the equipment. Like we... You know, I always sprayed down the equipment anyway after I used it, but like now it's like I'm taking the whole bottle with me and spraying down the equipment as opposed to just spraying down like the, 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 the paper towel and wiping it off. Like, and so it was just weird being back out at the gym for the first time. Um, 
But, um, but it's also, it's a lot of trust. You're trusting that people aren't going to the gym that are feeling sick. Like, you know, if you feel sick to stay at home because you don't know. So I don't know. Maybe I'm putting myself at risk by going to the gym, but I mean, I needed that little bit of normalcy back in my life. So. I get it. Oh, sure. No, because sure. I, yeah, totally. I'm back in my office twice a week. Like, I mean, I, cause I, I'm not good at working from home. I am not as productive working from home. Um, so the minute my company, the building that my company's in, they're like, we're trying to let people come back in. So I'm in twice a week. I'm, but I wear a mask, you know, when I'm in the public areas and then I stay at my desk and I don't move and do my thing. And so, um, but yeah, yeah I just, I need a look again. I, that makes so much. I get it. Like that little bit of normalcy, something just to get out of this terribleness. Yeah. 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 I, I went and waited, uh, our the local comic book store. They take 10 people at a time and you wait in line six feet apart. And it was just, yeah, it was scary, but it was totally worth it just to get back in the store and look at the new books and just, yeah, feel normal again. Totally yeah. get it. Yep. <laughs> I, Yeah. I, I hadn't been in like the regular gym for three months and like that was like a routine of mine. And it was, it was weird. It was weird going back in, but it was like, man, I needed to, I needed to do this. I need to go back in. I need to go back in. And I know that I'm not sick and I know that, you know, I'm doing the things that I need to be doing, um, when I'm out in public. So I did it and I don't know. It's just, yeah, it is weird though. But god damn, it felt good to be back at the gym. But my, oh my god, am I fucking sore now? Cause like it's. <laughs> but it's that good sore though. I know, I know. There it is, it is. At least your gym is open. My gym's closed. Gold's gym filed bankruptcy and shut down half of its gyms nationwide, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, oh well, fuck. They're, they're, <sighs> I used to go to a Gold's, and now it the same gym that I go to was a Gold's at one time. They're not a Gold's anymore because Gold's gyms charges too much to be a fucking franchise. So anyway, um, I'll skip that news. I'll, I'll say it real quick. It's just real quick. There's a rumor that WandaVision was going to be only six episodes, and now that there's there's a stunt man. Who's put it out there that he worked on episode 109, which means season one, episode nine. So oh. I guess there's a, a rumor out there, and this comes from murphysmultiverse.com, that um, WandaVision could be up to nine episodes. Okay. Yeah. So we'll find out. I have no six idea. Epi- six episodes seems really short for, I mean, you would think at least eight. I think, I think, like, I th- I'm pretty sure that the fucking... Falcon Winter Soldier is only six episodes. Really? I, could, I, I didn't realize that they would make those. Are they only like 30 minutes a piece yeah, or something? Yeah. I, I, uh, recently, Anthony Mackie came out and said, like, yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier is like a three hour long, you know, MCU movie. Oh, I thought he said six hour movie. Sorry. I thought he said three. Is, he did he say six? Hours, and yeah, that's like 30 minutes for six episodes. Wow. He might have said six. I, dude. I think he said six-hour movie. So six episodes an hour apiece then? Oh, okay. I believe so, yeah. I'm looking it up. Because I remember getting excited about like, ooh. See, I was thinking, yeah. 
I was thinking six episodes at thirty minutes apiece. Fuck, if I'll take I'll take six hour long episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, I'll take that too. But six thirty minute episodes, uh, that's a little. Yeah. That's short oh, that's... as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony Mackie said Anthony Mackie says Falcon and Winter Soldier is like a six hour Marvel movie. Okay, yeah. so an hour a piece. That's good. Yeah, that's on Variety dot com. That's cool. Yeah. Um, DC news, it looks like, uh, we got more Zatanna movie rumors, and this comes from DCEUmythic.com, and, and what I mean by more Zatanna movie rumors is back in, uh, on November 30th of 2018, when you've done the show as long as me and Jake have, some of these stories, like, we've already covered, like, we know, like... Like, I remember covering this. Like, we, if you go back and listen to episode 261 of PCL, we talk about how Deadline had an article about, that mentioned, like, there could be a Zatanna movie. They're also thinking about doing a Batgirl movie, doing a Supergirl movie. The rumor's back now. DCEU Mythic says one of the most popular DC characters is at long last going to appear in a movie as Zatanna is on her way to the big screen. I've learned today that Warner Brothers has finally begun development on a movie featuring Zatanna, and I'm told this is separate from the Justice League Dark project Bad Robot is working on. That looks like... I believe that project's going to HBO Max, Paul. Yes. Yes, yeah. that's what I've heard. It also sounds like other characters who have been members of the Justice League Dark might also head to the big screen, but that's much further out. Uh, two years ago, yeah, this article actually goes on to say two years ago, Deadline reported that Warner Brothers was talking about doing movies based on Supergirl, Batgirl, and Zatanna. The recent Michael Keaton news mentioned that the Batgirl movie is still coming, but there's been doubt lately over the Supergirl movie. Uh, rumors are swirling that Warner Brothers really wants J.J. Abrams for Superman, which would probably put Supergirl on the back burner, and that would open up another spot on the slate for Zatanna. There were rumors that she'd show up in the Suicide Squad movie next year, but James Gunn shot down those rumors, saying he never thought of including her. Um, it, people that have listened to the podcast know that Zatanna is my favorite female DC character. I love Zatanna. I fucking love Zatanna. I love, I love the, the magic. Um, and here's the thing. My, my favorite female Marvel character is magic. Magic. yeah. Yeah. Do you see kind of like the connection here? Like I, I love magic based characters and these female characters in Marvel and in DC are both magic based. Um, oh, okay. I was trying to figure out like which one she was. Um, I remember because I used to watch Smallville, and like they did, she was on Smallville for like an episode, like the character for like one episode. She was a magician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, I love Zatanna, and so here's the thing: it's like give me a live action movie version of Zatanna, and I think it can be done. Like, you're watching, you're watching Guardians of the Galaxy for the first time. I, I think, like, most audiences don't know what they're gonna get with an CG animated raccoon and a fucking talking tree and uh, you know what I mean? Like, I think, I think going in, 
I think most audiences probably don't have any expectations for the character of Zatanna. I think most audiences didn't have any expectations of seeing Shazam for the first time. Mm-hmm. I know some because I knew nothing about the character. You didn't. There's, I mean, it's a very small Venn diagram of fans that grew up with, you know, the original Captain Marvel from DC, or, or you know, there's not. I mean, so like I, me going into it, like you know, I'd read a few comics, but like I didn't have like the the love for the character that some of the you know diehard comic fans had. And so when I when they when they approached that movie with like you know like um, it felt like it was like the Tom Hanks movie Big meets superheroes, mm-hmm. and I loved it. I loved the comedy I in it. Was cute. It was oh, so was good. Awesome. I thought it was great. Yeah, I loved it. Zachary Levi, great, great casting choice for Zachary Levi. I think that's what this comes down to. I think it comes down to like getting a really good director in there. Um, and then, uh, a, a writer, a writer that can write a great story, of course. I mean, yeah, I'm just baking, breaking down any movie, but you also gotta get the casting right. You gotta get the casting right for Zatanna. I've been hearing that they, the, the rumor that, that they've been talking about on DCEU leaks is that one, that one girl from The Witcher, the one that plays like the, she was the hunchback originally. Okay. Did you watch The Witcher, Paul? Uh, no, huh. no, I haven't. Okay. Uh, I got my pick for Zatanna, but... Who's your I pick? Haven't. I want to know. My pick is Stephanie Beatrice from um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I don't, I'm not familiar with her. Okay, so <laughs> I've been on a binge of that, but yeah, that that's who my... A, a lot of people, of course, are going to Megan Fox, and I just don't see that happening. Oh, that's terrible. Terrible casting. No, and I like I got so excited to find out I was going to be on this with you when the news broke. Yeah, because you were actually on the back cast to talk about the Zantana episode. Yep, that's true. Yeah. Oh God. Who would you cast? Fuck, that's a tough one. I th- I know I've had I I know I've had picks in the past of who I would like to see play her. Um. God damn, that's a tough one. What mm. about that? How old is the character? I mean, we're looking at. I mean, she's old enough to to ha- be in a relationship with with Bruce Wayne. So, I would say okay. any. I would say anywhere from. I would say anywhere you're going to want to cast anywhere from like twenty five to like thirty two between there. Okay. Okay. Because actually, you know what? I was thinking of someone possibly for like a Batgirl casting, but because she's younger. Who, who are you thinking as Batgirl? Um, and I can't remember her name off the top of my head. She was the the younger sister in Sharp Objects, that HBO miniseries with Amy Adams. Eliza Scanlon. Yeah, she's fantastic. I, I love Eliza fantastic. Scanlon. I love her. I love her too. And I don't know, like a couple, a few episodes ago, you had mentioned like Batgirl casting and who you would pick. And for some reason, like she, her face just popped into my head. She'd be a really good. Yeah, that's a great choice. Yeah, I sent you a picture of Stephanie Beatrice. I'm actually looking at her on IMDb right now. Okay, she's a little bit older, but yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Well, shit, it's not like she looks older. No, yeah, she's and she's very athletic. She's very hard. Yeah, it's. 
that's who I would pick right now. And it depends. It's like she's old enough to date Batman, but on the flip side, like in some of the comics and I think in some of the animated stuff, she's she's uh had I think she's hasn't she had like interest in Dick Grayson too? Oh yeah. Yeah, so uh, I mean Yeah. You could definitely I mean like, yeah. Because like the majority of my knowledge with her comes from the animated series and she, of course, is the same age as Bruce because they kind of practice magic together mm-hmm. yeah. with her father. So I'm not like uh, I don't have huge knowledge of her comic origins because I know I remember you saying the Zantana on the animated show is quite different than the one in the comics. Yeah, and it really depends. Yeah. It, it depends on what comics you're reading too. You know. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, of course, we know that a lot of directors don't, you know, like they get inspiration from comics, but they'll always kind of change. Follow it to yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, speaking of Dick Grayson, though, so th- I know in the DCEU, like he's dead, right? Like that's why, like, Batfleck is really despondent. One of, right? Yeah. One, of, one of the Robins, Zack Snyder confirmed that one of the Robins, I I can't remember if it was, he did confirm which one it was. It uh, was Dick Grayson. It was Dick Grayson? Yeah. Okay. Because like there was okay. like this big debate, was it Jason Todd? Was it Grayson? So nobody really knew. Alright, because I actually really this is just because recently um, you got, I feel like um, the God, what is the third um Christopher Nolan Batman movie called I always it's the Dark Knight the Rises. Dark Knight right? Rises. Yeah. yeah, I really my favorite part of that movie I was actually uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Oh, as uh, Robin. Yeah, yeah, his actual name was Robin. Yeah. Yeah, but he was wasn't he the Dick Grayson analog though? Like, essentially, yeah. like yeah. right? Yeah. There was yeah. totally yeah. there was totally rumors and fan based fan made trailers of Joseph Joseph Gordon Levitt. You know, coming back is like either Batman or Robin. Yeah, I would, I would, I thought he was my favorite part of that movie. I loved him in it, and um, well, I don't know. Was there a chance that we'd see him show up at some point? Well, if Keaton falls through, I know they've said that they would go after Christian Bale in in the Flash movie now. Oh, really? Where'd you really? read that? Oh man, I saw it. Like, I don't know if it's a credible site. But like I, I did read something that said if talks with Michael Keaton fall through, that they have every intention of um, pursuing Christian Bale. Wow! God damn it! Uh, it was on Movie Web. Huh. According to yeah, again it's according to rumors, so that you know. Well, sure. Of course, they're going to have a fucking backup plan like that. Yeah, but Keaton, out of the two, Keaton makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Just because his, his, you know, he was kind of more in the comic world and Bale's Batman and Nolan's Batman was centered more in a realistic type of setting. I think just the end of Dark Knight Rises, though, it almost set up like we might be getting Robin's story, you know? And so last week when you guys were talking about, like, possible with this Flashpoint and this, like, the DC version of the multiverse, like different iterations of the characters, and you guys are like throwing out like just go all out, right? Like throw in every Batman, yeah. You know, throw in everyone. I'm like, well, then My, I would love to see Joseph Gordon Levitt. I show okay, up as Robin. I understand that, but I'm. Let me talk about. Let me say this. I think that the Nolan 
universe is off limits. And the reason I say that is because I think that Nolan himself would want to keep his Batman vision self-contained. And so if any actor wanted to come back and play their character that he played in the Nolan verse of Batman, I think that out of respect for Christopher Nolan himself, they'd be like, nah, I'm going to retire that character. Unless Nolan's involved. I totally agree and get what you're saying. Yeah, I just don't, I, I feel like Nolan would be like, no, that my, my, my story's self-contained. It's not, you know, it's not open for multiverse stories. Yeah, it doesn't seem to, to, to lend itself to that kind of... I think it could. I think it could. I just don't think that Nolan lends it himself to those okay. kind of stories. I think it all yeah. comes down to Nolan being like, no, I want my stuff to be completely separate from anything going forward in the DCEU. Mine so he owns the rights, so he owns the rights to those movies, like... To those three movies, like no, no, like he, he, like if Christian Bale wanted to come back and play Batman, they by all means they could fucking do it. Okay, yeah, but but for Christian Bale to come back and do that, he basically is coming out and saying like, yeah, um. I don't care about the guy that did those three other fucking movies that were super successful. I'm going to come back and play this character under a different direction and make... I I just don't see any of the people that were involved in any of those films wanting to tarnish, like, I guess, what legacy they feel like those movies have with making them a greater part of this DCEU, which really can't get its shit together right now. Like it's trying, it's trying like, like there's, there's pieces of it that fucking have worked. There's pieces. Yep. Yeah. And I feel like I read something way back in the day that he was approached to actually be in Batman versus Superman and pretty much said, I'm not doing it without Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Yeah. I, Oh, of course they're going to go to him first. They're going to go to him first. So he worked, he worked. You know, yeah, in like, fact, um, he definitely, yeah, I, I looked that up. He, he said, um, if Christopher Nolan's not doing it, I'm not doing it. Right. And, and that makes oh. sense. And so, like, I don't feel, I don't feel like fucking he would come back and play like a Batman from a different multiverse that's going to teach this new Flash anything. Like, I, I, you know, Christian Bale can do other things. Like, you know, and I'm not saying. Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah, Thor Love and Thunder. And, you know, he did, recently did Ford versus Ferrari. Like, his sky's the limit with Bale. And I'm not saying. Yeah. I, I, I think it does make more sense. I feel like it makes more sense for Keaton to show up in this universe than it does any of the Nolan actors. Yeah, totally. I just like, I mean, and I, I totally get what you're saying that Nolan's universe could totally go into the multiverse, but his just seems so steeped into like a realistic setting. I just think that Nolan just has like such a, a a tight hold on his Batman that he would not like if you if you were an actor that reprised a role from Nolan's 
movies, I think you would be worried about him never wanting to work with you again. And I don't think that any actor that's worked with Nolan would not want the chance to work with him again because I think right. like he's a visionary, he's brilliant, and like to be in a fucking to out of just respect to for burn that bridge. to burn that bridge. burn that bridge, yeah, like it, yeah. it's kind of distasteful to be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna fucking. You know, I'm gonna come back out Little of retirement. Middle finger up, be like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, kind <laughs> of. Yeah. yeah, I think. And he loves reusing people too. Yeah. He oh, to- he oh got, yeah, yeah. He has his favorites. Michael Caine. Like Michael yeah. Caine. Tom Hardy's been in a couple. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom Hardy was in Inception. Yeah, and so was uh, Joseph Gordon. Joseph, yep, Joseph yeah. Gordon. It was also Inception. Yeah. Oh fuck. Anne um, Hathaway, right? Um, she was Christian in. in she was in Interstellar. Also- yeah. Yeah, that's okay. It, that's what I was thinking. And, yeah, I knew she was in another Nolan movie, Interstellar. Yeah. And Dale was in, uh, what, The Prestige? Along with Batman? Yep. Totally. Yep. Yep. He likes to, he likes to reuse people. I don't know. I just think he holds, I don't know. I think he's just kind of a control freak. Like, look at what he's doing with, like, Warner Brothers right now. I think Warner Brothers honestly does not want to release this movie until next year. And I think the only reason it keeps getting moved like two weeks out at a time is because Christopher Nolan has been such of like a voice of like, we need to get new movies back in theaters now. Otherwise, theaters are going to go away. Yeah, it almost seems like Tenet's the movie that's going to like be the grand opening of the theaters. Yeah, like, well. Do you want to be that? Do you want? I would not want to be that guinea pig. Well, right now, Mulan is until they move it again. Did they move it? Have they yeah. have they moved it yet? That they did move it. I thought um, because I guess Tenet moved. Tenet moved to August twelfth. Yeah, and I think Mulan moved to like. I think I want to. I think Mulan did move. Um, there's no way fucking Mulan, a Disney movie, comes out before. There, there's no way a fucking Disney movie is the first no. movie to come out in theaters. They're like, we are not going to be the first ones to test this. Well, they fucking shut. They shut down the parks. You know, they they. The, the parks, they've shut down, them down again. Like, they, they're gonna reopen soon and like, they're like, yeah, no. but the NBA is finishing out their season there, which is crazy. Jesus. Have you heard about this yeah, dude, the NBA? Was... The NBA, so like, they're, so they're staying in hotels in Orlando because they're, that's where they're playing the rest of the season. But like, apparently, like, how nice your hotel is, is dependent on where you're ranked currently. <laughs> so, like, the higher, no, I'm not kidding. This is in the actual New York Times. Wow. So, like, the higher-ranked team, like, your top, like, five teams are going to be in your five-star hotels. And then, like, the worse you are, like, I guess the bottom three are going to be, like, at a red they're roof or a motel. They're a fucking La Quinta or Super 8. Yeah, La Quinta. <laughs> 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 that's apparently how they're working out, like, Separating and keeping the team separated and, uh, and contained. That gets canceled. Uh, Mulan was pushed back to the twenty first. Okay. Of August. Fuck. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're right, Brian. They really just need to be. Like, they do. Oh, to be like, you know what? Just no new movies this year. No All new right? movies this year. Just like let's prepare for new movies. Like. After the holidays, like you, you'll get your first movie in like 
late January 2021 or hopefully we'll have this contained or we'll have at least a vaccine or something. And then, you know, will the world will have returned to normal. I'm fine with that. Honestly, like I'm so used Mm -hmm. to like not going to the theater right now. It sucks. It sucks. And like AMC is going to if that's the case, AMC's dead. AMC's dead. They're gone. Alamo Drafthouse is basically saying like this is going to be like the Alamo Drafthouse has claimed that going to their theaters once they reopen is going to be safer than going to the supermarket. Mm. Which um like how is that even possible? No. <laughs> because you're you're sitting, you're sitting in the chair and then like in the supermarket, if you've got the mask on, I never take my mask off in the supermarket, but right. their Alamo draft house is allowing you to take the mask off when you eat. So when you get to your seat, essentially, when you get to your seat, if you have food, popcorn or, or food, you have to order the food beforehand, beforehand. And like, that's how the drive-in theaters are doing it too. You have to order your food through an app online beforehand, before you get to the movie theater. And like they'll bring the food out to you, um, and then Alamo Draft House is doing the exact same thing, where you order the food beforehand yeah. before you get there, and they'll bring it out to you. But once you're there at the theater, you take your mask off to eat. And even if you're six feet apart from the next person, you're in a boxed, you're, contained space for up to three hours. If you possibly. sneeze, breathing the same air, breathing the same air. How? Yeah. If, if you sneeze one fucking time, how fast do those particles travel? Same. Especially when you're in the same space for three hours, like yeah, yeah. yeah. They just sit in there, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. This is. Uh, I don't know. We need to just wait for the vaccine. Wait for the vaccine. It sucks, and theaters are going to just fucking, I don't know, drive-in theaters might be the future. <laughs> I don't know. And there, it's been so much fun taking my kids to the drive-in. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's that is awesome. really cool. Like, we watched uh, Life of Pets 2 or something, and it was, it was just a fun time. Yeah. They, the, my drive-in is playing, like, a lot of older movies and I think like this week it's like Ghostbusters you know and it's like oh god Ghostbusters in the drive-in theater that's awesome so see my dri- my local drive-in is like an hour and 50- it's an hour and 15 minutes away like one way and because you have to wait until like 8 o'clock yeah yeah you want it to be dark mm-hmm. so if I go to a show at 9 and then I I don't get home till like close to like one or two in the morning, I know. and so it's just I haven't gone out there. I fuck it. I work. Yeah. I work really early in the morning, and so like they don't fucking start playing movies until you. They open at like eight, but they don't play the movies until like nine or nine thirty. Because like, it needs to be dark. Yeah, it needs to be dark, and it's like fuck that. I ain't doing it. Can't do it. So yeah. it's just um, the drive. Just, it's just when I when I Google map the drive, and I was like, wait, I thought it was a lot closer because the city that it's in. It's like, oh, that's like a forty like a forty minute drive away. That's not terrible, but where the actual the like drive in is, I did it from my address, and it's an hour fifteen minutes one way. Well, what's nice is like all of our local theaters have just ordered projectors and they set it up on the side of the building. 
Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, so we got like three right around me, which is really nice. I think, I don't know. Did you guys want to hear about Henry Cavill's statements recently? He's talking about... Yes, because I want to know what's going on with Superman. (laughs) Okay, Variety had him on their big ticket podcast and asked him about how there seems to be a new rumor every day about him coming back as Superman. And this is what he said. They get wilder and wilder by the day. The amount of speculation, the stuff I read on the internet is extraordinary and sometimes frustrating. It's when you see people stating stuff as fact. Like, no, that's not the case. That hasn't happened, and that conversation isn't happening. But the important thing is that people are excited about it, and I think it's important to be excited about a character like Superman. Superman is a fantastic character. If people are chatting about it, and even if they're making stuff up, it's okay. Because that means they want to see the character again. And in an ideal world, I would absolutely love to play the character again. There's nothing official. Cavill doesn't even know. Mm. Cavill has no idea. <laughs> well, I mean, are we even sure that Ezra Miller is still Flash? He. It sounds like he's coming back. Yeah. It sounds like okay. he's coming back. I thought that was kind of like that still was a yeah that altercation at that bar and yeah. like it was I know all the big all the news outlets that I'm hearing from are saying that Ezra Miller's returning as the Flash here's the fucked up thing there's never any doubt between Marvel Studios and their relationship with Robert Downey Jr. he was always Iron Man right I mean they they took care of Robert Downey Jr. and 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 like after Iron Man 3 came out, they didn't even know if he was going to come back. Like, they, they ended that movie with him blowing up all the suits and all that shit because they didn't know if he was going to come back as Iron Man. Then inexplicably, he has suits. Oh, God. Ultron. Well, then he, they fucking, <laughs> they, they gave him a huge contract and he came back yeah. and he did, you know, Infinity War and, you know, Captain America Civil War and Endgame and he came back as Ultron. the character. <laughs> now, Here's the thing. Yeah, and fucking Ultron. Yeah, I know. <laughs> fuck that, fuck that movie. <laughs> and then, but here, it, there's never been any doubt that, I don't know. I, I mean, I would find it insulting if I was Henry Cavill at this point. Absolutely. That it's like, I've been playing this character for, since 2013, and it's not like he's had any like personal like it's not like he beat someone up or he oh, no. went on a racist or homophobic like or transphobic like rant on Twitter you know it's not like he right. there's like there's nothing in his personal life where you would that would give you pause to be like I don't want this person in my movie yeah. I would be totally insulted if I were him it's just the whole it just shows DC Studios just like they're just fucked. They don't know what they don't know what to do with anything. They don't. They really don't know. Well, they don't know what to do with Superman. That's for damn sure. Yeah, we should have gotten a fucking Man of Steel two. Fuck, we should have already gotten a Man of Steel three at this point. Oh my god! When did Man yeah. of Steel Man of Steel two thousand and thirteen? Two thousand thirteen. Yeah, this was that uh, came out. If you want to go back and listen to episode eight of Pop Culture Leftovers, that was our yeah. Man of Steel episode, <laughs> and that was seven fucking years ago. Yeah, and you figure two to three years go by between every sequel. Like we could literally be at part three by now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel bad for Cavill. And I feel like, I feel like Warner Brothers really doesn't know what to do. The more things that he keeps getting involved with that turn out to be successful. Cause I think like they would have been done with him a long time ago. That they would have, like, you know, with Flashpoint and all this stuff, that's why they're doing it. I feel like that, like, it's, they're kind of like looking for their way to get a new Superman. It's kind of like an, like, like an NBA team or a, like, like an NFL team that's had kind of like a shitty record and they don't know what to do. And the draft didn't go the, the way that they wanted to. They didn't get the pick that they wanted. And so they're like, okay, what can we do? Oh, let's fire the coach and bring in a new coach. Yeah. And or I feel let's like, just purposely lose this season so we get first-round draft pick. Well, you can get a first-round draft pick, but like even then, even then, you're not guaranteed the number one. You know what uh, I mean? Because yeah, different trades. If, and if I'm going go back, to, back. To, to the year 2003, everybody wanted that fucking LeBron James pick. Like that, that's it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's LeBron or go home. It's LeBron or bust. Like you can get the number two pick and still draft a fucking, you know, Carmelo Anthony. But Carmelo Anthony's no fucking LeBron James. Uh, no, no, they should, God, they need to, they got something with Cavill too. I mean, he's a good Superman. Yeah, but, but they're looking at him like, okay, they're looking at him like, um, yeah, do we, do we keep this guy or do we, do we just like change things up, change things up, get people excited again? And like, who knows? The next guy they might get might be fucking even, might be, I'm not saying worse than Cavill. I'm saying like the next guy they, they get might not be able to live up to what even Cavill's been able to bring to the character. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I don't know the, the politics or story behind it, but I mean, isn't the end of Shazam kind of a fuck you to Cavill too? Like they wanted to get him in there and oh, okay. I think they wanted to get him in there and like, there was some sort of fallout with that. There was some kind of like schedule fallout or something, or like, I think they wanted to consider that like one of his like movie appearances or something. I can't remember. Uh, under his contract. And some, yeah. Like, that's not a real movie appearance. No. Cause I was yeah. like, oh, shit. Shots fired. Yeah, it was weird. I'd have to look that up. I, at one time, I probably could have given you But that was a weird that. end credit scene though, to have Superman show up and then it only shows from the neck down. It like, was, it, it was awkward, but it was yeah. his really suit awkward and weird. It was his suit. So they were basically saying like, this is the Cavill Superman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then yeah. it just, it was, it was awkward, honestly. Like it didn't excite me. I was just more like, this is weird. Yeah. I, yeah, I was taken more into like, Oh no, like, like this is almost a petty type of thing. It's but. more uncertainty is that who the fuck is Superman? Exactly. And I feel like every time he does something successful, Warner Brothers doesn't know what to do with him even more. When he fucking does Mission Impossible and he's fucking amazing in that new Mission oh, Impossible so movie. Good at that. So fucking good. And then The Witcher comes out and it like people love The Witcher. I think I think most people really enjoyed that Witcher series and I liked him. I thought he was good. I thought he was really good in that Witcher series. And I think like you know, he proved himself in that role of Geralt. I think he did a really good job. And I'm looking forward to The Witcher season two. Don't care what anybody says. You might not like The Witcher, but whatever. It's fine. It's, you know, some people love fucking watching, you know, Vogue competitions. Some people are just like, what the, what the fuck? Yep. 
Okay, hold on. Let me rephrase it. There, there, there are three people out there that enjoy watching vote competitions. One of them happens to listen to this show, and One happens of them is to, me, and happens to be on this. June, I love you. You're fucking amazing. I know. Oh my god. I knew. I, I love I you knew, too, Ryan. I knew when you listened to that shit. There, I knew. I was like, oh my god. I'm gonna hear from June about this fucking. She is not gonna let this fucking vote competition. Then go. Yep. She's, I know. She's gonna, <laughs> she is gonna hold on to this. I'm not kidding. I literally, when you guys were like, ooh, who's gonna she, watch yeah. that? Who's gonna I, watch in it? In my car, I raised my hand and I went, me, I will watch the shit out of it. And that. I knew it. I knew the next time you were gonna come on that you were gonna fucking <laughs> redemption, redemption for that fucking, for that Vogue competition show. Okay. And you did, and you did, and I'm proud of you, and the people that are involved in that show should be proud of you as well. You yeah. stood up, you stood up for the other. You did. Two people that enjoy that show. <laughs> Honestly, I think I might be the only one watching this show. I, I, I don't kidding. know. I don't know. Like, if there was a message board for it online, I haven't seen it. And if there, oh, I, I haven't either. Yeah, I don't know if there's even like you ought to check and see if there's like a a Reddit subreddit a board. Reddit. There's pose like Reddits, and I've seen those. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't think I, 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 season two is on Netflix. So. I just don't think anybody has HBO Max, and if they do, they don't care. Oh my God, Close Enough comes out on HBO Max next week. It's the JG Quintel animated series, and this is his follow up to regular show. Oh man! And that comes out next week. Can't wait to watch it. Oh, regular show is one of my I favorites. loved regular show. Fucking Mark wait, Hamill. Do you know when the app will be available and like? other streaming platforms no i have no idea okay you can watch on your pc because i'm looking to buy one i'm looking to buy another streaming device and i'm like i don't i don't want to buy one if i can't get all the apps on i know i know it's like i i i love my fucking roku but the fact that i yes. can't watch hbo max well, that on was it the one drives me crazy that you could get everything on. i know it seems like apple tv is now the one you get everything on yeah. Yeah. I used to have an Apple TV. I used to have a jailbroken Apple TV. And I had, I had a, yeah, back in the day, I bought, I bought a jailbroken Apple TV, and it had this thing called Ice Films on it. And it had everything <laughs> on it. It was insane. Like, I was watching everything. Anything you could think of. Anything that was ever fucking made, I could watch. I was watching that old Dungeons & Dragons cartoon from the 80s on that fucking thing. Oh, wow. They were all collected Jeez. on there. It was insane. Yeah. Oh my god, the animation looks so close to to regular show. Oh. Oh, I know. It looks so much like regular show. Uh, just with humans now. Well, I mean, there were humans in regular show, but damn, this looks great. Yeah. Guys, that's all I got this week. That's it. That's all I could bring you this week. That was good. I had fun. You know what? Let freedom ring from this fucking episode. <laughs> I, you know, it was. You always could play as a terrible episode, Brian, but I have had a blast every time that I'm on the show. I have so much fun, and I got to be on it with Paul Hart. The yeah, Paul Hart. I got to be on it with June. That's the thing that happened. I got it's to so be exciting. on it. I got to be on it with me again. <laughs> I love and me. And we miss Jake, and, and we miss Jake, of course. Yeah, Jake's coming back next week, everybody. Don't worry, he's coming well, back. Well, I'll be good week. to hear him. Yeah, I don't know. 
Next week. Oh God. <laughs> next week. You guys, you guys like, uh, next week, like next week, the fucking library list of things I gotta watch is insane. You got that Tom Hanks submarine movie. Is Greyhound coming out next week? I thought July 10th. I got a fuck ton of shit to watch next week. I'll tell you that much. I've got the old guard cut hits Netflix based on the Greg Rucker comic book. That's the Charlize Theron series on Netflix. Close enough. Expecting Amy Schumer also hits uh, HBO Max. Yeah, Greyhound hits on the 10th. Money Plane. Got to watch that one. Uh, oh, is that the Kelsey Grammer? Yeah. Oh, with Edge, the wrestler? Fuck yeah. yeah. God oh, of High I can't S- wait for that one. God of High School hits Crunchyroll on the 6th. The Beach House on Shutter on the 9th. Palm Springs on Hulu. First Cow. Ooh, that looks, Palm Springs looks great. Japan Sinks. Oh my, I got, a uh, kid from Coney, I got so much to watch next week, it's ridiculous. Next week's show is gonna be stupid. Paul, June, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll do it again sometime. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. All right, guys. Just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. With, well, 340 fucking one. Have a happy and safe 4th of July. It's over now by the time you're listening to this, so that makes no sense. <laughs> Podcastawards.com. Podcastawards.com. Thank you. Go vote now. PCL, People's Choice and TV and Film. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like seven million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Toxic, good and tasty. Do we love it? Hey, let's mix it, clean, erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftovers. And the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Sure and the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. I've already been done before, so we should Separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the shaft The crap, even though we're the shit Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over, counterculture push over Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers
love it, hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftover, I'm cool, kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover, sure. only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.